What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's Halloween in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing the entire Halloween DGG universe. That's what the kids out there are calling it. The David Gordon Green universe of Halloween <laughs> movies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by It's Christmas in October. Joey Noel. Hello. Happy Friday. Or Happy Friday. What day does this go live? Monday? Friday. Today? It's coming Monday. out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Congratulations, everyone. You made it. <laughs> we have a man that I'm very, very excited to talk to about this movie with the weapons arbiter, Chris Anka. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he said it. Well, of course, you have the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Guys, did you know that evil dies tonight? <laughs> I read the word. How many times I can heard. we say it, do you think? How many times? Over or under? How many times do you think they said that versus anyone can cook? Because I feel like it's up there. we're tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tied. Anyone can cook, Elise. A very good point. And speaking of Elise, of course, we have Elise and James Willems joining us. Coming to you live from San Francisco. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can't tell the difference at home, but we are here. And I brought donuts for <laughs> the whole crew. But we didn't eat many of them. Most of them are gone because we're, it's still a remote podcast. I love you gotta that. love it. You gotta love it. James and Elise came up from LA to hang out with us to to watch in a theater. We went to the <laughs> illustrious restaurant known as Red Robin uh, beforehand. <laughs> uh, James, what was that experience like for you? Did you get all the so, the things that you wanted that you ordered? You know, it was a great experience. I was sitting across the table from Nick, yeah. and and we both kind of had a moment. We looked across the table at each other. We had a moment, and we said, "I said, I'm thinking about getting this." colorful mixed drink it was called a tito's blue chill yeah and it was it was tito's vodka with blue curacao and a bunch of other stuff in it with some whipped cream and a cherry on top for some reason even though it wasn't like really a sweet drink and i said nick are we doing this and he said hell yeah brother let's do it about two minutes later the waiter returns and says i'm afraid we're out of the blue stuff um <laughs> literally it's the blue stuff he's like you know the blue stuff we don't have yeah. that blue stuff we're out of the blue stuff and then and then <laughs> and then he says but I'm, our my manager assures us that the orange stuff is just as good just as good and so i said nick are we in on this and nick goes absolutely not i'll have the lemonade or whatever yeah. <laughs> the spiked lemonade um i ended up getting the orange stuff and i think it was just fanta I'm pretty sure it was just, it was yeah. orange soda well, or Fanta. Andy had this beautiful purple drink, and then he kept making fun of my basic iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So rude. It was, listen, it's exactly the kind of top shelf service you're going to get every time you go to Red Robin. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, you got to love the fact that Andy Cortez drove multiple cities, not that it's that far, but did drive multiple cities away to go to Red Robin with us and then did not go to the movie not with good. us. Yeah. Which... Uh, in retrospect, he couldn't have handled this movie. No, I told him that. <laughs> I told him that this morning. We streamed It Takes Two for a little bit on our Twitch channel, and he was like, he's like, Nick, beforehand we started, he's like, could I have, could I have handled this? And I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. This movie is too scary. It's too gory for you. You'd have nightmares. Well, he wouldn't have been able to take the theater going experience because we can get into that too. Oh, but yeah. oh, we guy? had a unique viewing experience. Yeah. We sure did. I, Joey, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't, are you either. serious? Joey, the really? guy. The guy. Oh, the, the guy. guy. The guy. The guy. I mean, we went to we went to a theater, but everyone was masked. But some more That's than That's awesome. A dude walked in. Really? <laughs> a dude walked in wearing a, a blue Bulgar. jumper. And and had a the white mask, mask on, and, and he, we were like, he sat in the front row, and I like turned to Joey, and I was like, if he 
is psycho. He's actually hide behind Nick. I'm gonna shout <laughs> Eagle dies tonight and I'm gonna I'm gonna head for the exit, the emergency it's, exits. It really was like uncomfortable. Like there yeah. were moments where I was well, like because he, he kept yeah. I don't like that at all. I don't like that. I feel like someone told Tiny Kevin that anyone could cook. <laughs> no, but he kept getting up and leaving and then coming back before the movie started. And it was like, oh, man, is this going to get bad? At one point, collecting all the knives he hit around. Those are all different point. guys. Like, he kept changing. Like, he kept passing oh. the mask. Almost. Anyone can wear the mask, guys. Did, anyone else, the mask. Did, did you notice that he had a friend that came and sat down next to him? Because at one point I was like, no. okay, I don't know if that's better or worse. Oh, there's two of them. Dude dressed as Loomis. I Or he's Hawkins. He's just gushing blood out of the side of his neck. You should, have done, like, you should, you should have had a ghost face. Then you should have had a Freddy. Then you should have had a Jason. Like, just all <laughs> the whole squad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It. And all like the... Yeah, Michael! <laughs> Has anybody caught what the kill count was in this movie? I'm trying to look at. I'm tra- been looking at more than three. More than three. Twenty-two is what 22. I think I have written here. Um, I definitely want to say yeah. that's it. Oh, but I had like 28. 28. 28. The body count yeah. is 28, uh, including Karen Nelson, Tommy Doyle, Marion Chambers, Leigh Brackett, Lonnie Elam, Oilers. Cameron Elam, Vanessa, Marcus, Big John. Little John and more people. I just wanted to read enough names to be able to say Big John and Little John, John, which I'm sure we're going to talk about way more in this show because this is kind of funnies in review where each and every week we rank review and recap two different movies right now we're closing out the halloween dgg universe but next week we're returning to where it all began with mcu in review we are going to do what if and then later in the week we're going to do a spider-man rewatch kicking off uh, all the spider-man movies leading into spider-man no way home then the following week we're going to begin our ghostbusters in review uh and do not fret do not worry we already pre-recorded a ton of those with greg Miller, so he will be a part of Ghostbusters interview uh, without that baby. And then we're going to be doing Last Night in Soho uh, for Edgar Wright in review, which I am extremely excited about talking about. But we're not talking about this today. We're talking about Halloween Kills. You can get the show on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free and you wanted to watch live as we record it, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers Pranksy and Molecule have done. Thank you both so very much. Because of that, you will not need to hear our ads later for Babel overland and raycon that the rest of you will ah but let's get started everybody halloween kills a runtime of one hour 45 minutes making it the longest of this canon of halloween movies not by much but by a good 10 minutes uh released on october 15th 2021 in theaters and on peacock so there you go you can watch it now at home uh halloween ends is scheduled to be released on october 14th 2022 so we're less than a year away from the sequel to this movie the conclusion to this era of michael myers uh once again this was directed by david gordon green very similar team to the one that created uh, halloween in 2018 and a very similar team to the team that will be working on halloween ends you wouldn't know it you wouldn't know it yeah in some ways in a lot of ways it's very this movie is so different than the 2018 in so many different ways that we'll get into but it surprises me that anyone from 2018 worked on this john little john that didn't that didn't feel familiar in any way first off love big john little john love that energy okay Mm -hmm. best part of the movie in my in my humble in my humble opinion but the rest of the movie 
was very similar to like a high school play that I could have written back in high school. Very wow. strange, very unfocused. Anyway, we'll get into it. Sorry. Wow. Okay. Uh, music once again by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, uh, who now is a legend. Last week I talked a lot of shit, but you know what? I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the budget of this one was $20 million, a little higher than the last movie's budget of $15 million, but a lot of that as well has to do with the increased marketing costs of getting ready to promote the movie and it all getting delayed an entire yeah. year. Uh, the box office, the film has already made almost $5 million from Thursday night previews, the biggest for an R rated film of the pandemic era. And for horror films, it even surpassed a quiet place part two. Um, hmm. So there you go. And uh, just like the last movie, it does easily pass the Bechdel test. Chris Anka, I want to start with you. The one man that did not watch this movie with us. What did you think of Halloween kills? So as you know, Tim, I was doing mm -hmm. a Saw rewatch a few months ago. Naturally. Okay. So basically anything after that is good. <laughs> okay. All right. So I had a, I, like, I, this I like movie that. was exactly what I thought. I was, I was reading reviews and I saw sevens out of tens. I'm like, it's basically what that is. It's got the middle child syndrome of it's like, there's no real tension because there has to be another one after this. And we're just kind of, I, I like some of the choices they made, but like all of those choices I predicted going into this movie so it didn't really surprise me and my worry about bringing back actors who haven't acted in 40 years was justified <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, so like it was exactly what i thought it was uh, i thought the music was incredible again um and can we talk about the greatest glow up in this movie michael myers's house like oh, what yeah. they did, right. that house yeah. was incredible. No, I just wanted to look at the wall. Color the, on the wall. The, the cloud wallpaper on the stairs leading oh, into nice. the dark green walls and the you know the couture uh, mid-century modern uh, wood furniture. Oh, it was incredible. I loved it. I just wanted to stay in there. Oh, yeah. Now, is it worth it? Is it worth it to stay in there for the low price you got it at, knowing that once a year you might die? You might die a brutal <laughs> death. I mean, it's what? been good for most of the time. Also, just leave yeah. for one day. It's like San Diego, yeah, what San Diego does be. during Comic-Con. They all leave for that one week, yeah, and they're, and they're fine. Really Just leave call. for one night, and you're good. But I do think that this, I do think in some ways this does tie into maybe what is making us kind of, I feel like we're all going to come into some similar positioning of fun, but there were things that felt like gears grinding during the course of this movie. Yeah. And I think some of it is either the town's bought in, or it's not bought in because there's a is a lot of things a lot of different things i can i just jump in can i hop in with my james willems give me your thoughts okay. i i want to say one thing i'm so glad that we've done this in review because honestly it was our first episode that we did with chris where he talked about the original movie and what it actually means which has never occurred to me before about a stranger entering suburban society and throwing it up made me appreciate this more and in this movie more because you see that intent, mm -hmm. right? You see what yeah. they're going for. And it's so it's so clear. I think sometimes it's maybe a little too clear. But if I didn't have that knowledge that Chris provided for this viewing, I probably would have been like, what the fuck was like, <laughs> what was this? But with it, I actually was more forgiving of some of those sequences. I think that they were clunky. Um, and I'm still a little unclear on some of the true themes that they wanted to convey. But I would also add, to end on a positive note, I think that this has some of my favorite of all Halloween stuff in it. I think some Ooh. of the, some, <laughs> there are some scenes in it that are my favorite things from all of the movies that we've gotten to see so far. So, Joey Noel, with that little, <clears throat> mm, kick us off. Yeah. 
Uh, I also would like to give credit to Chris Anka because at the beginning of Halloween in Review, he was selling us on the theatrics of Michael Myers. Oh, dude, he's is, li- he was living it up. Like, let is, me, like, yeah. You even see him do it. Like, let me set this old man. Let's see. Oh, I got yeah. this knife. That's my highlight. <laughs> and it, that is so apparent in this movie. I'm like, man, Chris, he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am somewhere between... I was entertained during this movie. I laughed a lot in this movie, not at necessarily things I should have been laughing at. (laughs) Um, And I was always interested in where it was going. I don't think it's nearly as good as 2018 as like a standalone film. And I have a feeling I'm not the only one that thinks that. Um, Yeah, there is just like a lot of disconnect between the lore of Michael Myers and then in the entire movie of like at the beginning it's anthony michael hall <laughs> that was a choice uh talking like whoa, trying whoa, to whoa <laughs> we're gonna pump the brakes right then you're talking anthony michael hall of course everyone knows from his stint on psych that he did for a hot that's season that's what we there. know him for so yeah a hundred percent pay respect, for, respect is due. for anthony michael hall um like this entire bar not really remembering michael myers and then all of a sudden they're all in on rallying against michael myers it's like there's a lot of movement from one side to the other um but it this movie is also incredibly brutal in a way that i didn't remember from any of the other ones i was like oh this is like an elevation of the gore of horror for sure um it's a weird it's a weird movie (laughs) i think is where i fall in at the end of the day nick scarpino um I, yeah i mean to to echo some of the points i i had a fun time watching this movie obviously the, the watching with all you um uh was was just a fun experience it's halloween it's fun to do that i like what they were going for and i see what they were going for and i really appreciate what they were going for building off of that theme of i i like the fact that they brought all all the the past survivors back and they were trying to explain to this town like how horrible this thing is that's that that is that could potentially be plaguing them, and then of course having that spiral out of control to being sort of the mob men- a commentary on the mob mental- mentality and how we let our fears and this the, the stories we tell each other and hype each other up and all these things get the better of us. Obviously, a theme that's super relevant today. Um, I like that idea. I just don't think they executed it very well. It meandered sort of in the middle. It, I, I think a perfect example of it is Tommy's speech, where. He gets up and he starts he starts saying the speech, but it's shot in a way and cut in a way where it's almost like they want to get through it. It's not like something that they, they didn't give him any time to actually like sit in the scene and act it out. And Anthony Michael Hall is not a bad actor, uh, contrary to what Joey has been talking trash about him for the last six years. He's actually pretty <laughs> he's pretty good. Um, uh, and I think he could have sold that scene, but I just feel like they didn't they never didn't really know where they wanted to land dramatically i think they were like let's just get back to the kills that's what people want to see and it's almost like two directors were pulling this in two different directions like one's like let's make this meta commentary about what happens when a mob like the, when the mob kind of kicks up and they just want a victim and they want to get out there and they want to kill someone versus the other director was like no no this is a horror movie we should have people stabbed in the armpit repeatedly <laughs> so i enjoyed it but i don't think it was as tight and as concise as the 2018 um which i think was a almost a kind of a near perfect sort of slasher style film, but it could have been better than that. It could have been something other from what they were going for. It just didn't hit that way for me. Elise Willems. 
I also pledge allegiance to the church of Chris Anka because I'm really, <laughs> I'm really, I, I feel like Chris and I don't want to put too much pressure on Chris here, but like James said, he opened my eyes with the original Halloween with some of those themes. And I'm hoping that there's going to be something Chris says during this where I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I already think like, I'm kind of turning a page too on the mob mentality stuff as well, because I know we walked out of that theater and we went, like Joey was saying, like we went from oh, this, this group of people in this bar had no idea who Michael Myers was to the whole, like, they're raising pitchforks and they're like, yeah, we got to get him. That is a commentary on that mindset and how that escalation can happen. Uh, I, I will say this movie is flawed, but I had a lot of fun watching it. So I was thoroughly entertained the whole time, never bored. Um, some super standout moments. Joey pointed out it's brutal. The, some, not just gorific kills not just intense kills but inventive kills which for me is the the what you want to do and and i know we always associate michael myers with the the knife but good god this man loves to smash a head into a wall i think he's more he's more a head wall smasher than he is a knife guy really at heart and so i i got those kills it's like you could not look you couldn't look at him you couldn't look away it was beautiful He's probably, I know this is a feature spoiler, a meta feature spoiler, but he's probably going to get my Ragu Bagu as number one. Wow. For those those kills alone. And I hope you all, I I implore you all to think of that as we're discussing this movie and these great graphic kills. Um, Sideline Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that was a nature of second movie movie syndrome because she's going to come back in that third one and she's just going to light it all up. It's... You know, it, that's unfortunate that we didn't get JLC to the extent that I wish we had. And G, even Judy Greer, I think I, you know, put a, put a love some more Judy Greer. But. I don't think the movie paid off where she ended in the last it, film because ever it seemed like ever we were all in agreement yeah. that our what our favorite sequence was her like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, gotcha. Like, I, yeah. But yeah. then it felt like again in the nature of resetting for a sequel, they like had to kick her back down. But I was like, no, she's already achieved Super Saiyan. Yep. She's yeah, she's not going to KO Ken times no. three. Okay, <laughs> but she also. Said gotcha again, and it was like, Are you trying to make that a catchphrase? Like, how many catchphrases are you trying to get? Real bad, (laughs) yeah. She, uh, I love sequels that take place immediately on the heels of the predecessor, like Bernie's 2. Weekend at Bernie's 2 is a great example. Perfect example. Um, no, I love movies where it's like, It's like, we're not stopping, we're just gonna keep going. Um, I think that's really fun to do, so I appreciate that. I loved that this movie kind of explored some things like because because with horror movies, you, you you don't usually get that immediate fallout of the film. Right. Well, that was, yeah. That was why the the theme of like the mom mentality for me worked because it's, it's well, it's not just that it's fun. It's that you're caught in the moment with these characters who they start and they're like, hey, this is a bad thing. And we're going to like, you know, Tommy gives the speech and we've got uh, uh, Kyle there and and. and but meanwhile people are dropping like flies outside because this stuff that's happening like that has already happened the hospitals are starting to be so so the idea of fear and that and that cycle like exponentially growing throughout the night worked for me i I, just it didn't pay off i love that it was like yeah we're gonna see the immediate reaction and how this this town like rallies like you said it didn't pay off james pointed out um oh you pointed out that the 70s stuff was really cool. Oh, I loved I loved all that stuff. And so often when movies try and do this, it doesn't happen all the time. But like anytime a movie is like, we're going to go film more stuff that looks like it's supposed to piggyback off something that's actually from whenever. 
it doesn't work, but they shot it with like these bloom lenses. It, and yeah. the, the cinematography was just so, and even the casting, I was like, like they cast little Lonnie and I was like, he looks such like a 70s kid. And then he was being bullied <laughs> by like those two little girls. And one of them looked like an old woman. And I was like, that's such a 70s thing. That's like how it was like the young, young Hawkins, all those things. I was just impressed because I've never seen a movie. So, so do such a good job filming things to match a different like filmmaking time before. And I also thought it was really compelling. Like, there are there were a lot of things that this movie did that filled filled in some of those voids f- that I had watching the 2018 version, right? Like because they're like, oh yeah, Hawkins got him, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I kind of feel like I want to know what that is. Like <laughs> this is not a Cruella Deville scenario where I don't care how she became Cruella. Right. Deville. <laughs> I, I actually kind of I'm curious what that looks like, and the I think the answer they gave me was pretty compelling. Like you know, I thought it was pretty interesting and pretty compelling still i still hold to the fact that it wasn't until this night that he has lived up to the reputation that everyone has given him because honestly he like he like killed he killed a couple people he chased another got shot and then and then got caught by the cops like and they just like (laughs) billy club his knee and he's down like yeah like like, he just he just this one two shots and he's like please no more in this one we see him square off against the entire hattonfield fire department all of whom have very interesting instruments of of death one guy has the the fucking the the like circular saw thing and he just he draws it you're like oh my god this guy's in the 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 firefighters we're from Cannon Air Force Base Fire Department. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but in, I'm, I'm totally with James on this one. I'm like, if they make, if Halloween Kills starts with, they're like, oh my God, this guy is terrifying. Like, this makes a lot more sense than a yeah. dude that put a Halloween mask on and killed three people. Not that, not that killing three people isn't horrific, but uh, like, that would be something that after a few years, people would just either joke about or forget about. It wouldn't be haunting. It's not scene. worthy That's, of this big lore. Yeah. That's why I this movie works so well for me. I, I applaud this movie for, I think, accomplishing what it was trying to do, which I understand is not what everyone's necessarily looking for from a Halloween movie. But to me, these movies are no longer just a horror movie. And the moment it starts becoming sequel, and at this point, sequelized into becoming this reboot sequel franchise, it functions more as like a Godzilla vs. Kong thing than it does as a horror movie that is supposed to scare us. Because we're rooting, like we talked about last week, we're rooting for Michael Myers to kill people, but we're also rooting for Lori and the team to not die. So it's like we're kind of wishing for both of them to have a cool fight that we get to be a part of and watch. And what I think that this movie does a really good job of that something like Godzilla and Kong didn't is that franchise was over the course of a decade and they did not commit to the lore that they were building. They did not commit to the characters and callbacks and a a set group that they were going to move forward with. Whereas this movie, I think, does a really good job of building on the lore and legacy of not only 1978, but especially 2018. I thought it was actually really inspired to have the boyfriend character that uh, was kind of a dick uh, and that got drunk and all that stuff in Cameron. uh, in in Cameron, yeah, in 2018 to be in this in the costume still 
to all of us, it's like, oh shit, we just watched that movie. We understand that like this is still the same night. And all the characters, especially the the sheriff that they have that was like bleeding out that gets saved there. It's like that's a 2018 character that they retconned to be involved in the 1978 stuff. And now in this movie, we're getting even more of that. And it all ties into this kind of theme of like last week we were talking a lot about the generational trauma that these women have went through. But it's not just these women, it's the town. And to Chris's point about like it is just this like outsider coming in and terrifying the town. But even what does that mean? He didn't, He only killed three people. I like that over the 40 plus years, this lore for this town has evolved and changed. Some people believe it. Some people don't believe it. Some people believe it, but like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. And then there's people like Tommy and them that are like, guys, we're not going to let you forget. And I'm going to give awkward speeches and like, we're going to stand here. But all of a sudden those same people, especially with some alcohol in them are going to be like, Oh, he, that motherfucker's out here. Let's fuck him up. I'm with you. We're going to fight for this town. And I just love the idea that it, it's, it's the Star Wars tattooing thing of it always goes back to tattooing. But the difference is it makes sense here because it is this small town and all the characters that were five years old in the first movie, they're here now because they never fucking left. And like every single thing has to do with these people's relationships with each other and the relationship to the town. And I like the idea that Lori and the decisions Lori made have kind of poisoned the veins of this town and in different ways it's kind of infected the the characters around them and how they kind of deal with with all of this stuff and i i love that this idea of evil and and, and we're jumping ahead uh in my, in my own kind of thought here i like that we're left with some questions that i think will be answered in halloween ends and i i don't know that they're going to be answered in a great way but how evil is he how supernatural is he why is he supernatural and then the other side is he hunting Lori? Because the way this movie ends, I like that there's characters that are kind of saying contradicting things because they don't know. It could be this. It could be that. And I like that that's kind of where we're at because to me, this functions as the Godzilla vs. Kong thing because we know the next movie's next year. We know we're getting a sequel. This is episodic mm -hmm. filmmaking. So sure, does this kind of function more like an Age of Ultron than a Infinity War or Endgame? Yeah. And like that isn't always the most exciting thing. I do think this is easily not as good as 2018, like many steps down. Chris saying seven out of 10. I, I feel like that is probably as high as I would go um, with this. But I think they did a really good job of showing love to the legacy and lore that they've built themselves in the 2018 film to create a world that I'm interested in and building upon this idea of the evil corrupting everything around him starting with the scene in the courtyard uh which was at this point just days like a day and a half before what we saw here of all the people kind of hearing the noises and the evil kind of like taking over and building seeing the that guy with the umbrella that ends up being the guy that's killed in this movie from the bus crash mm -hmm. like that type of tie-in and stuff it's like it all goes back to this evil that's pervading this town and i like that from the beginning of this movie we see that evil corrupt the town to the point that leaves them defenseless. Their yeah. entire fire team's taken down. Then cops are taken out. The cops are in shambles running around trying to deal with all this stuff. Just like Loomis said in the first movie where he's like, yeah. we can't go to the cops because it's going to cause all this problem. They're going to see that's, him everywhere. That's yeah, exactly what fucking happened. And then it happens with the, the town people, the mob mentality yeah. stuff itself, which I, I can totally see an argument for. It felt weird and felt off. But I can also see an argument for these are a, a group of people that have never left their town and are going to act this way. And I think the last key bit before I get to you, Elise, is the fact that the hospital is now overrun. The fact that they're all going to this hospital. People need help and they can't get help that they need. Like this evil, this one guy, this, the one guy that just killed four people 40 years ago in this one night has taken down this town. I think it's fucking cool as hell. Elise, go for it. 
I think maybe I'm being too optimistic, but there's a chance that we may all end up talker. We may talk ourselves into liking this movie more than we thought we did by the end of well, this interview. I, I feel like it has a lot of good merits, right? And, and, and it's not to say that it doesn't. The, the part that I liked the most you guys just brought up, which was the one where they said, is Laurie, is he hunting Laurie? Because mm -hmm. the whole theme of the movie is about fear. They And, and one of the parts I liked least is at the end of it where for whatever reason, they have Jamie Lee Curtis give you a diatribe about what fear means and, and that He's uh, Michael now. Myers really <laughs> is fear. He's just fear itself, like nothing to scare but fear. But Lord, he, he, Hawkins says he's – or I, don't, I think it was Hawkins who was like, he, he, he's not hunting you. And Laurie's yeah. like taken aback by that. And she's like, what are you talking about? He came to my house. He goes, no, the doctor brought him to your house. Mm -hmm. For all Michael knew, he was just along for the ride. And Laurie has that moment of realizing that fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. She was terrified of Michael and somehow manifested him showing up on her doorstep because of that. If she had not done anything, if she had stayed out of it, it's possible she could have just lived the rest of her life and never seen him again because we don't know what his motivations are. In fact, actually, we do know he just wants to go home. He just wants to go to his bedroom and stare at himself in the reflection of a mirror or in a window. And Lord knows I've been there. Well, I, I think because we touched on that on our 2018, I think that was one of the fun parts of our discussion was like, he's just get along for the ride. Poor yeah, guy. Like, we'll you know, like, and so, and, and so I, I'm glad that they addressed it. I think in terms of talking ourselves into liking it more, I don't think I necessarily disliked it, but I have to acknowledge how clunky it Clunky's handled, a great word. Yeah. handled all of those things. Right. Yeah. Like, cause every single Tim, exactly what you're saying. Every single thing that they pulled isn't manifested out of nowhere. They found it deep within the lore of this movie from decades and decades ago. And any stuff that wasn't pulled from there, they kind of they conjured naturally, you know, through the In genesis of the 2018 film. Right. Like and so when you're watching it, you're not like I have written this off completely. It's it's not like this is coming out of complete left field. I think it's just more like sometimes it's like. I wish maybe there's a better way they could have explained I mean, this to me because I, I appreciate mean, it, Nick you know? Nick boils down to execution, and he's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, It's a perfect example, right? Why didn't this start in the 70s? It doesn't start in the 70s, right? It starts in modern time and then goes to the 70s and then goes back. The, the jumps back and forth, the editing of doesn't this. Doesn't it start in the 70s or no? No, it starts, I think it starts, with, like, in the back it starts with Cameron walking and finding Hawkins dead. Yeah. And then Hawkins is like, no, I have to be the one to kill him. Because dum -ba -da -da, then we go yeah. over to the 70s. I'm like, that would have been a better way of starting this. Who gives a shit about Cameron? And he's like, we didn't like that character from the last one. And spoilers, gets his head turned around 380 degrees in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, so a lot of this, I honestly think, comes down to editing and a little bit of unfortunate. I think the screenplay needed to be slightly more reworked. When I mentioned earlier, I was being you know facetious about a high school play. But it does remind me of like when you watch someone's first or second like try at something and they tend to over explain what's going on and it's like kind of the definition of like telling not showing a lot of this was characters talking to the audience via a microphone or or orating to a group of people telling them what we should be feeling and that's okay but it, it was a lot of it so i think we could have trimmed a lot of that out and kind of streamlined this a little bit i also think once they got into the Haddonfield is now rioting and the hospitals overrun and then there's kill squads going out onto the streets and stuff like that. I think maybe if they found a way to do that without making it seem like every single one of them was purely incompetent yeah. in the most complete way. Like, 
like just it's just the idea of like grabbing the baseball bat, like <laughs> like like handing out these massive guns. No one knows how to Larry. use any of yeah. them. Like I get the point of it, but it it really made me start rooting for Michael for maybe the wrong reasons. Yeah. I just I was like I was like this town <laughs> sucks, people. and the people in it are are dimwits. <laughs> but, you know, but, like I but there's like that's that such a razor's edge. That's such a razor thin thing yeah, to play yeah. with. And they and I was like once that once it became clear to me that like I was like oh Tommy's gonna lead this mob around and it it immediately occurred to me i'm like they're gonna kill the wrong person and they're gonna become the monster and that's exactly what happened what a cool great little twist it just wasn't executed as cleanly as i wanted it was we kept going back to Lori. we kept going back to hawking we kept having them have these emotional moments where i'm like it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of going back to that a lot of going back to judy greer who should have been the one that stepped up and said no we have to fucking kill him tonight not let's walk away from it chris anka well, I great lead in there because I wanted to jump right off of that. Of I hate Tommy in this for what he does, but I love his character in terms of he's the mirror of Karen. And you have Judy Greer's character who was forged in the fire of being afraid of the boogeyman and how much she has tried to run from this her whole life and tried to be people can be better. I am not my trauma. And then you have Tommy who is holding on to the fact that he was inadequate as a child in, in protecting Laurie. So he does everything he can to be a toxic male and jump into, into this behavior and hunt anything he can because he wants to make up for the damage he does. And so I think the movie doesn't do a good job of... I mean, they almost do the, the fact that when, you, when they're uh, looking at the mental patient and it's the two of them kind of looking at each other of, no, Tommy, you fucked up. Yeah. And it, you I wish the movie went a little bit more into the fact that the fact that like Tommy's right after is like, I did fuck up, but I'm gonna try again. And it's like, no, Tommy, you need to sit the fuck down. You missed like, the point. And that was Karen to do this. It, that's the thing too. It was missing that beat, right? Yeah. That beat of, oh, because you fucked up, you killed someone, and then everyone disperses, and the only people left are Michael and his victims. And that's a scary thing, right? Where you have this mob behind you and you're like, there's strength and number and power and numbers, and then they go rogue and they do the wrong thing, and then and then it's then who's gonna cover your back? Yeah. No one, because they all disperse. We didn't get that moment. You you know what all of this discussion reminds me of? I I was in a philosophy dumb, dumb. class in college and all the Matrix movies had come out and like the third one had come out and we had a discussion about it and the professor made the Matrix narrative like of the sequels seem way more, I think way more compelling than the movies did. Like, cause it's there, <laughs> there's things there. There's right. there's themes and there's philosophical questions and there's execution there, but there's something about how it was conveyed in the films that is clunkier than when we here are just discussing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Oh, so, it's like, but to the credit of the film, it's there. It's there, right? It's on the canvas. But I think you have to do maybe a little bit more work or you have to overlook some other things to really like pull it out, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean it's 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 that's a perfect way of putting it, right? It's just I think it could, I definitely am disappointed that it wasn't better, which I think is a compliment. Does that make I think sense? So too. Oh, I, think, I think it's one of those where I'm like, I, I enjoy this movie. It could, I'm, it, it's the old, I think Tarantino said it once about It Follows, where he was like, I, I'm, I liked this movie so much, I'm really disappointed it wasn't great. And that, that kind of, it, I'm not quite there with this one, where I was like, it was, it was a little too clunky for me to really love this movie, but I enjoyed the hell out of it, and it could have been better if, it, if they had made a few minor tweaks. And it sucks too, coming hot off the heels of like of 2018, which we, I think we all were just like, dude, this is just a, a a roller coaster and a riot. This one could have been the sort of 
opposite side of the coin of that, a cerebral kind of messed up character study about the the fallout of all of the stuff. And Michael could have been secondary to it, but they just didn't know how to pull it together. Tim Gettys was kind of funny. I'm hoping that that's the next one. Like I'm hoping that this is- And it might, we, we might we've need never this had as this the situation. Bridge, for sure. And that's the thing is we've never had the situation where there is, there's a plan, there's a design, there's a story being told with uh, slasher character like this it's like any franchise it just eventually just keeps going and going and going until you know it, it it's good until it's not and then it just becomes nonsense and then it reaches a point where the sequels are literally just going back to the old lore just to put them in the trailer so we go see the new movies and they're like oh they're back that's kind of cool for a fun cameo i like that this movie doesn't treat them like cameos this franchise is treating every single character as an important part of the story they're telling yeah. and i'm hoping that this comes it all ends in halloween ends with a actual real life usage of all these characters traumas coming together and having the final stand of what does it mean let's take a deeper look i going back to what elise is saying i'm so interested that this movie takes place the exact same night what's the next movie gonna be are they going to continue right after this is there a time jump well (laughs) that that brings up the uh, a major problem i think they're gonna have which is that there's no real tension now because Michael Myers is completely unbeatable in my eyes, in my opinion. So, well, I think that's the the strongest part of this movie is that they actually succeed in making you believe that Michael Myers is the boogeyman. Whereas like in the past movies, it's like, oh, he's the guy that killed a couple people. And you kind of start to see that supernatural aspect of Michael Myers ramp up. And I think that's going to end up paying off in the third movie. How though? Because I think some of the magic of the original movie was we're like, is he supernatural? Or is he a guy? Is it, did I just imagine these things? Is to Tim's earlier point, is the supernaturalness of Michael Myers folklore or is it true? Did we make this up over the last 30 years of retelling the story? You know, suddenly the guy that killed one person over 20 years massacred an entire school bus of children, right? And that never happened. But when you tell the story over and over again on the telephone, you know, it just becomes this amplified thing for fear. But now it's like, no, no, no. I stabbed that dude in the spine with a pitchfork. We shot him eight times and he just got up and walked away. But my thing is, I think that this movie is starting to uh, plant seeds that are like in a garden that seeds are implanted in 2018. So there's already some things going there where there he was just a dude in the original movie. And Loomis was like kind of questioning. He's like, there's, there's darkness in his eyes. There's some, there's evil in him. And like, we need to figure this out. And then th- they just tell us that over the, the many years that he saw Michael as a little kid, he saw him transition from human to something different. And with yeah. that, I think that's a metaphor. I think that that is like not legitimately he's supernatural, but what we see in the beginning of 2018 in the courtyard, when everyone thinks starts freaking out, I think the perfect level of the town being corrupted by the evil that is in, and in Michael has been unleashed and is starting to trickle through the the town that by the end of this movie and he's going out they even say it it's like the kills are powering him and I think that we're seeing a super powered it's like Godzilla going back to Godzilla and Kong it's like him fucking taking in the energy to then blow it out again it's like I think that we are now dealing with what was once a potential superhero super um, natural uh, Michael it is now and he's powerful and he's ready to keep fucking killing Mm. It's like he gets his power from this house. Um, and and I, sorry, I, I just want to jump back to what you said before, Tim, about when is it going to start? I hope it's it takes place immediately after. Like, I think it, I hope it's still that night. Because can, can you can, though, because it's like because Jamie Lee Curtis but, got a gigantic. I mean, they kind of wrote, them, wrote themselves into a corner with Jamie Lee Curtis having like that butt abdominal shot. surgery. But, 
it would have been one thing if they were like, she took a little gut shot, we sewed it up, and you do the action hero thing where it's like, oh, occasionally you make mention of like, oh, I pulled a staple or whatever. But she like, <laughs> tore open her yeah, entire door, so that's going to take years to heal. How fun it would be if like 6 p.m. Halloween night, you put on Halloween 2018. That finishes, you put on Halloween Kills. That finishes by midnight, you're done, Halloween ends. In what real time. In real <laughs> time. What a I'm, night, guys. I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. Chris Anka. <laughs> I I think they already gave us what the third movie is going to be, and it's it has to be Laurie. And even because she has that line where she's like, "Michael can only die when I'm ready to die." And I think that's the change is you have the first movie and this movie is a Laurie trying to survive, and now that Karen is dead, Laurie's like, "I have to take him down with me," and that's how. And and so the whole next movie is just the two of them going at each other, and you never had a Laurie ready. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But remember, though, right after that, somebody explains to her, "Hey." It ain't all about you. It actually has nothing to do with you. And I so like that's that we what don't I'm know. fascinated about. We don't know. Hawkins think could be remember Hawkins at the very beginning of this says, I have to be the one to kill him. And then we go back and see why. And then midway through the story, Lori goes, I have to be the one to kill him. Everyone thinks they have to Tommy be the one. He had to Tommy be the one. He had to be the one to kill him, right? Well, well now the daughter there. is going to want to get revenge for her she parents. She wants revenge yeah. now, too. So yeah, but Allison has a broken leg. So Allison's kind of Real broken. <laughs> yeah, but again, like, you take done. a little bit of, Chris, you're missing. You take a little morphine, shoot your ass up with it. You are ready to go <laughs> oh, for, for a sure, 30 for minutes. Sure. She yeah, just needs to reset um, her leg. She just like pops it in and walks up. I mean, I, I mean, I'm even down with like because even the fact that they build Hawkins up of it's Laurie and Hawkins versus Michael. Love it. And and you just and, and it's the three of them of like yeah. we're I, I, I but I even like I like the symbolism of it's the three from the past. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm, victim, yeah. the one who hunted him, and the and the attacker, and it's the only they're the only three. The only, only one you can make it better if Loomis was still around. Right. But I think I like the fact that it's just the three of them make it pure, and that's the whole third movie. Because now that you've gotten rid of Karen, you have the fire in Laurie again. But you also we have the fire in Allison, Julian. Though. We bring sure. back Julian into the mix. Hawkins, Laurie, Julian. We need Julian. We need more Julian. Oh, yeah. 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 But the whole movie, I'm thinking like it's only 9:45. Like they still got two more hours of Halloween. Like we got, we got, we got this. I feel. Before we get to the plot, before we get to Joey, real quick, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Overland. Cozy season is upon us. And if anybody out there knows me, they know that I love being cozy. I love being comfortable. And now I've learned there's nothing better for my feet to achieve that than these Overland sheepskin slippers. I've been loving it. They are so soft. They're so high quality. And the biggest thing that impresses me is her whole life. Gia has been like, I'm not a slipper person. Guess what? I'm catching her in these slips every day. Now she looks so damn comfy. You gotta love it. Overland uses expert craftsmanship to pair the highest quality Merino sheepskin, which is naturally moisture wicking, temperature regulating and antimicrobial with supportive memory foam midsoles to make slippers that feel and wear better for longer. Don't wait another day to slip into something way more comfortable get the best high quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash kind of funny you'll get free shipping and free returns and i recommend you go today because these slippers are so beloved that they've been known to sell out that's overland.com slash kind of funny overland.com slash kind of funny o-v-e-r-l-a-n-d.com slash kind of funny next up shout out to Babel. a lot of us are thinking about 
about travel again, but not knowing the language of our destination can make even the simplest things harder. But you can change that with Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Their short lessons on practical topics from menus to directions to local culture make it a travel essential. Greg Miller's been using Babbel to learn a little bit more French so he can impress Jen, and it's been going very, very well. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it easy for learning on a busy schedule. Other language learning programs rely on AI, but Babbel works with language experts to create their lessons. And Babbel's teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, and German, even Turkish and Indonesian. Plus, their speech recognition technology can help you improve your pronunciation and accent, because even if you are a tourist, you don't need to sound like one. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code MORNING. Babbel language for life. And finally, shout out to Raycon. There's so much going on right now, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like traveling or stuff you'd rather avoid, like traffic. You can't always control the vibes out there, but you can control the vibes in your own head when you've got a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Cool Greg's been training for a half marathon, and as he's been getting his run on, as he's been working out, he's been listening to his jams using his everyday Raycons. He's been loving them. Uh, Raycon's new everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever. They've got an improved rubber oil look and feel and optimized gel tips for a perfect in-ear fit. Plus, you get three new sound profiles, so the sound is great no matter what you're listening to, whether it's a podcast like this, rock music, EDM, hip-hop, it's all cool. Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound every bit as good. Right now, Kind of Funny listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny. That's buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny. Joey, what's up? I'm looking for it because I feel like I read something in the last day or two right that back. said where we were jumping back into the timeline for... Halloween ends, but now I can't find it, so I don't want to say it in case I just totally made it up in my brain. Interesting. One thing I there's there's two things I know about uh that type of thing is that originally the movies were supposed to be shot back to back, and because of the pandemic, that did not happen. So they are still planning to shoot the movie uh next spring. Mm. So it has oh, not so been not shot yet. yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other interesting thing is there is an alternate ending and that is an extended ending of of what we have here. Um, that is uh, technically contradicts what happens, but like it's the same set pieces and stuff that the director was saying is going to be on the physical release of the movie. The mm -hmm. difference being it ends with uh, Lori calling her daughter and her daughter's dead. Mm -hmm. Michael just killed her and she just hears Michael breathing mm -hmm. and it essentially ends mm -hmm. on a motherfucker. I'm coming for you type mm -hmm. thing, which like, I don't think we need it because, like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's well, what's going to happen anyway. Yeah, and you save that moment for the actual movie where it's going to pay off, right? Like, totally. Well, that'd be great. That's the teaser trailer. Like, how the teaser trailer for this movie was them in the back yeah, of the, the truck yelling, exactly. let it burn. The yeah. teaser for that is her calling her daughter and then just hear the breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to give, I want to give, I, it started off as a joke. I was talking to one of my friends about it. It's like, I love that Karen's wearing a, a Christmas sweater the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. like, oh, my fuck yeah, Karen. But I'm also like, no, it's because Karen has Rejects. rejected the entire idea of Halloween because yeah. of what her mom did to her. So she's like, I just ignore this entire holiday entire. <laughs> straight I, I, I to Christmas. I love that Christmas. too. Mm -hmm. I thought about that too. I was like, oh yeah, she's like, I don't fuck with Halloween. <laughs> like, no, 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 like, we're, we're in Christmas boat. 
Love I think that. that it's it's that craftsmanship, like right? Defiance. That that I. But I'm just saying, like it's that craftsmanship. Yeah. Someone puts that thought, and you can't help but watch this movie, and especially 2018, and see that throughout. And I think that makes it. That's why you can't just write off a movie. There's certain movies that are are not. They don't live up to their potential or whatever. And you just you can write them off or whatever. But I think this movie you can't. You you have to admire the team that put in the effort to do these things, whether or not it was fully executed in the way that you hoped it was, or maybe the way that it even could have been. So, I so love with that. that, let's get to the plot. Please tell us the story. Hey, Joey, please tell us the story. I did find the article and they do. It was a Collider article from today. They, do people want to know what it says or no? Well, In I terms mean, of timeline. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I mean, we're going to get spoiled. Eventually. Yeah, they're saying that it's jumps to modern time. So there's a four year gap between. I was gonna, they have to. This oh, and oh, okay. Ends. So that's. Oh. I had heard something else about ends and issues that it was potentially going to be tackling as well. So that, that's similar. all I know. I haven't read any further in the article, but that's how they're going to figure out how to get Lori in after surgery, I guess. That <laughs> makes, I mean, that makes the only more thing sense. That, the only thing that, that contradicted that, like, I mean, if, if they say that's what it is, that's what it is. The only thing that contradicted that in my head was the fact that Michael was still in the house. If you just had yeah. a shot of Michael leaving the house of like, I'm done, it's 1201, then I'd be like, okay, cool, now we do time jump. But the fact that he's like, the last shot is still him in the window. It's like, are they ever just going to ignore that he's up there? Because that makes sense to the answer would be yes. If, yeah. if this were me, I'd be like, James, we're going to go for some more blue Curacao drinks and we're going to leave <laughs> this fucking guy alone because oh, he's, yeah. he's unstoppable. Little, well, little, little James Chris, and Big Nick. That's what uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, I imagine it'll be kind of what you said, but it's going to be an endgame situation where the beginning of the movie is the, her calling her daughter, hearing the breathing, and then they deal with that and then four years later or whatever, and that's mm -hmm. the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um. Well, let's kick off this plot, Tim. How does that sound? Oh, that I love fantastic. the idea. I love the idea that just no one's in this town anymore. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> no. like thirty of us got brutal in one night. We're done. We're out. <laughs> but I think, I mean, honest to, to go on that note, though, I did want to make one point. Like, I think that the one thing that it was a big disappointment for me in this movie was just it just it was the lack of Jamie Lee Curtis's is presence in it. I think she was such so fascinating in the 2018 uh, as a juxtaposition of like to who her character was in the seventies that I was like, I miss it. And, and you could tell by the way, the filmmakers were like, we got to get her in a few more scenes in this. Cause they, they kind of shoehorned in a few of those scenes between her and, and, and Hawkins, some of which are good. And some of which were just like a little bit weird. Like, oh, I like, think remember that time we did made a good job. Yeah, yeah. I think Jennifer like, did a good job carrying the movie, but like, I like that decision just because that helps us like look forward to Lori coming back. Now that we got rid of all of the B plots. All the bleeds all died in this movie. Agree, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like ahead. when you have Laurie move over, you know, like you have yeah. the mentor character move over, it means Harry Potter gets to step up and like take on Voldemort, right? And like Judy Greer's character, I feel like just didn't didn't give her something cool to do. She should have been the one that eventually grabbed Old Huckleberry. Was like, I'm gonna take this guy down myself, and then no, fail. Grabbed Old Huckleberry. <laughs> Somebody, the, the bartender's like, yeah, I had this bat just in case. I don't know. And then, and then, yeah. And then, it became, and then it Anthony Michael Hall's like, Anthony Michael Hall's like, I better take your bat. And he's like, yeah. that's my fucking bat. Where are you Dude, going? Give my bat back, bro. This is how how I break up barroom brawls between the three mermaids over there. Huckleberry. Uh, anyway, we start off right where we left off from 2018. Old Cameron still in the uh, Bonnie costume from the Halloween party at the school is stumbling down the street and stumbles upon Hawkins who has been stabbed in the neck and I love this scene because I'm like is Hawkins not dead are we gonna get 
more Will Patton in this movie, you bet your britches, son. Is Karen not dead? I mean, that's what I was thinking. That's what I thought. Because she just gets wheeled in. They just shoot her in in between Lori and Hawkins. <laughs> like, we're all here now. We're hugging out. <laughs> Until next Halloween. Cheers. Uh, of course, he gets saved there. Uh, again, one thing is, uh, James, if I'm ever gushing blood from my neck, please put pressure on that. And then don't just scream out into the ethos. Use that cell phone to call 911, please. I, I like that he said, you hold it here. Like Cameron like yeah. had a rag and he was like, hold this. And it's like, no, I'm bleeding out of my neck. You hold I it. I can't control my right arm. There's no blood left in it. I need that for that. Um, I will also say, Joey, this is the point where I lost the junior mint and was worried that it was stuck oh, to my jeans. Right. That was pretty early on. Yeah, that was very <laughs> early That was scary. Did you refine was, the junior men or did I just... sure did. It was actually um, stuck to the top of my jacket because I was using my jacket as a little blankie. So it went to... St- so I had to... That's why I, I, I kind of wiped it off and used this to, to, to kind of dry it off over there. Air dry, mm-hmm. Joe, air dry. I think it's fine when I wear it later if you guys hang out. If you spot any gooey parts on me, please let me know. I would like to know that. I don't like walking around with goo all over me. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Hawkins, uh, then that's when we go back. He's like, it's got to be me. I got to be the one who kills him. And Cameron's like, I don't understand what the F is going on right now. And he goes, well, why don't you come on back to a little flashback with me to 1978. Uh, and James hit the nail on the head on this one. I love the way all this stuff is filmed. Sick. The Loomis stuff, I was like, was that him? Like, did they get that what guy? The hell? Right? We, did it. we finally figured out how to resurrect dead actors. Holy oh shit. It, like, I don't, well, do we know how they did that? Was it just I, mean, I, I think a big trick is you keep him in half shadow the whole time. But was it a different actor? <laughs> it looked like a different actress for, there's like a different actor for one like shot. staring right into the camera close up. And I'm like, that is a really well, and that granted, I don't exactly know what Donald Pleasant's Tin Pleasance looks like off the top of my dome, but I'm like, that's him. That guy, they nailed that guy. I don't know. Anyway, that was cool. We get this scene where uh, they're hunting him down, and I, you know, at first I was like, this scene's going on for a long time, but I'm like, I'm, I don't mad at it. Yeah. We get the young Hawkins walking around, the other guy like hanging out with him, and they have that that fun. We get a moment to just be in that world back in '78 as they're hunting Michael. And to Tim's earlier point, it's cool. That's actually something I would have liked to have seen in the original film, at least, or, or had a follow-up sequel film to it that started right off there, which we're getting now, which is cool. Um, of course, they chase him back into his house, uh, and his partner gets just decimated. Michael moving like, like a land shark in this, man, just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'll say this to you, ladies and gentlemen. If you're visiting Hattonfield on October 31st, stay away from closet doors. Just stay mm-hmm. away from them, mm-hmm. especially the ones that have the Venetian like blinds built into them. They're deadly. Uh, anyway, uh, Hawkins, who apparently has never fired his service revolver at, at all, uh, just decides to shoot, unfortunately, the guy through the uh, the neck. Uh, he goes down, and then uh, Michael goes outside. And I don't think we get the full resolution here. I think we cut back to this flashback a bit later uh, when Loomis comes in. He's like, did you kill the evil? Did you kill it? Kill the evil? And then, of course, he's like, eventually, we'll just cut ahead. He eventually stops and, and stops him from dying. Uh, and then they lie about the fact that uh, the other officer shot himself in the neck accidentally. Somewhere out there is a scene where the Haddonfield optometrist is, like, slowly building. He's, he's conniving. He's giving everyone bad prescriptions for their eyes. <laughs> like, like everyone in this town, I think there'd be some scenes where after every single person takes a shot with a gun, they should then clo- show a close up of their eyes and it's all crossed and they're yeah. spinning. <laughs> like, like gremlins, like that goofy gremlin from Gremlins 2. Yeah. Like, like they all look that way because everyone either, like Hawkins, okay, at least he took the shot. It was terrible. 
It was a terrible shot. But then he fires like two or three more times at at Michael at point blank range over the stairs and completely yeah. misses them all. Right over his head, yeah. It sets now, a trend for how everyone cannot just hit. Is this ghost powers? Maybe. Mm. Maybe, maybe evil forces the bullets to curve around his, his shape. But uh, <laughs> if not, it's just really, really bad prescriptions. As, as a person who spent copious amounts of hours playing competitive online shooters with Chris Anka and completely crapping the bed when it comes down to the last kill, I sympathize. I sympathize with this guy. Right. Uh, jumping back to the present, Tommy Doyle. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom, I had to do it. Celebrates the 40th anniversary of Michael's arrest and imprisonment. Uh, they're at the bar here, and we're at Mix, Open Mix Bar, I think was what I always love a little, little, little joke there on Open Mic, Open Mix, uh, where we're getting a talent show. And then we get introduced to the survivors of Michael Myers, not the least of which is, of course, the one everyone was looking forward to seeing again, Tim, Nurse mm-hmm. Chambers. She's Nurse back Chambers, the she's one. there. She's there. She's like, I, she's like, and he goes around and is like, uh, I watched Michael kill three people, including my babysitter, and, you know, it was very traumatic. Uh, Nurse Chambers was attacked. Lonnie saw Michael Myers once. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we all deserve to be here equally. <laughs> and everyone's like, Lonnie, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know where that scene comes, but a lot, we do get a scene with Lonnie from the flashback. That might have actually been... That's in the uh, beginning. That's, in the beginning, it leads right? Into, yeah, it leads into the hunt. Yeah. yeah, he's being bullied. I think Brackett comes up and tells him like, to get home. Mm-hmm. One thing about this movie overall that I'm not even going to call it all things. You can look at the trivia page because there's just too many of it. But like there's so many references to the other Halloween movies we haven't seen, whether it's the original two or four or five. Uh, Season of the Witch even gets the the the, out, the outfits that the three kids are wearing with the different masks and stuff. So a lot, a lot of fun stuff there. And, Isn't uh, that there... something from another Halloween movie? It's from not. Tombstone? Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted something. Like, I'll be your Huckleberry. And like, mm, that's just my no, no. Love that. Um, by the way, I'm doing a lot of this off the top of my head with the use of the Wikipedia page oh, yeah. as well. So if this looks I'm familiar, impressed. if you're reading along with this, uh, okay. this is not. I'm not this good. It's actually been compiled. Did you guys catch it? The doctor and the nurse were from 2018. No. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, the, 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 the when Michael the shows up on the street, you yes. see the two of them jumping in the car and pulling out. I thought that was awesome. Oh. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, she's like, I forgot. He's like, I forgot my keys or whatever. And then we get the little callback here where he's like, I forgot my stethoscope. Great. Oh, wow. She goes back in the car. Yeah. Uh, that was good. That was good. That's why I thought we were going to see Julian again. I was like, oh, that was, they were the neighbors. Well, we Julian. did see Julian. I mean, we yeah. did see yeah. him. He's on the news. Yeah, he's on the news. <laughs> he's on the news. He's like, I'm in the next town. <laughs> Fuck that place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good. Smart kid. Um, uh right uh let's see we get here up oh, we get uh, we meet lonnie like who's cameron's dad and we've heard about lonnie as well because ray used to buy uh it's actually not clear who used to buy drugs off of whom in this which situation. i kind of like it's like oh, you always blame it on hilarious. the other person oh, so you yeah, don't get yeah. in trouble yeah that's hilarious uh and then uh of course elsewhere we catch back up to where the the real end of the movie was where uh where uh karen Lori and Allison are driving away in the back of the pickup truck, which I just realized right now might be a slight homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and mm. fire trucks roll by them, and Lori screams, "No, let it burn!" Uh, which is a reference to Halloween Two, uh, the original I wanted, Halloween Two. I, I wanted to say I, I love the build up to this because you have Tommy doing his really long speech, and you have everyone kind of like you know pour one out for the victims of the thing that happened forty years ago. Smash cut. Lori's bleeding out from what's happening right now. Right now, I'm yeah. like, no, we're right back in. Like we're going. Like they're people are dying. Very cool. I didn't, I didn't, again, I hate to harp on it. I hate to harp on the mechanics of some of this stuff, but I really didn't love how they filmed Tommy's speech. I thought that was like, they used a lot of zooms in it and which 
I was like, why are you trying to give this this speech momentum? We should just be sitting here with him in the awkwardness of him talking to this room. It was filmed like a Eurovision it concert. Was really it was very <laughs> strange. It was very 24. to like spike the camera. Eurovision. Like, it was really weird. <laughs> it was weird because they treated it. I think the reason it felt so off was they treat it as if the characters we're seeing are like these big reveals visually. And mm -hmm. they're not. Their, their big reveals in terms of what they're telling us like they do a good job of like explaining like this is this guy and this is what happened to him this is that girl that's what happened she was the nurse and all that stuff but like they kind of hide all their faces and i only mm -hmm. noticed this because i was waiting to see kyle richards and they don't show her for a long time you hear her laugh you see her hand and like a little bit under her cheek and i'm like this is not the reveal you think it is right. <laughs> like yeah, for yeah. sure so right. it causes some awkward pacing editing wise I would have been okay with this speech if it ended with uh, Lonnie coming back up. It's like, Tommy, you've been drinking. Let's get you go off the stage. Come on yeah. now. Like, it seems like he rambled and didn't practice his speech and just yeah. going on for a little too long. But yeah. it also yeah. seemed like the speech went over better than it should have, right? Like, I almost think that if this in other movies where you see this character, you almost want him to be the one who's kind of like the town crazy, for lack of a better term. Like, oh, yeah. Tommy's always going on and on about this guy. Don't listen to that guy, whatever. He's got some issues. And then midway through the story, oh, oh fuck you guys. I was proven right. And then by the end, you're like, oh, no, he went way too crazy with the power. I think like, that also gives him the prophet kind of vibe, which makes yes. make like he was the one who heralded this. We should listen to everything he says from now right. on. We doubted him at first yeah. and we called yeah. him crazy. You know, but like, then, yeah. Raising the glass to, to, to Lori was a little cathartic touch because she's been so dismissed, I think, you know, mm -hmm. especially by her own family. So the fact that people in the room are like, oh, yeah, like Lori Strode. Yeah, I, I but it's a gesture that she's not present for. I think it works because it immediately hard cuts to her bleeding out yes. at the back of a truck bed. Yeah. yeah, right. No one gave a shit. You go. You guys went out for your part Halloween party and she's actually dealing with the trauma yeah. of what happened 40 years ago while you guys drink, you know, so. Well, it is interesting, too, of, like, I, there's nothing about this movie that makes you think that, like, they've had any contact over the last Lauren 40 Tommy. years. So it, yeah. yeah. So but it Tommy is, like, the performance like of it, of, like, uh, like, being publicly, uh, oh, the like, this figure. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm going to say this big thing, but, like, in reality, I don't have not mm -hmm. reached out or, like, given a fuck about this, <laughs> which I think kind of goes along with some of the like commentary even last time about uh like the podcast and how lore kind of gets right. uh commercialized I, mm -hmm. and, I, and yeah and also think, going off of his bravado right of his need to like what, what chris was talking about like involve up. himself yeah, yeah, involve himself yeah, yeah I, I abandoned this woman i want i need to make this up i i think in the the bartenders does say like when he's talking to um the the guy in the doctor's outfit that Lori like they hang out with Lori all the time at this bar right uh because he like remember. I don't think so. I, I remember him being so, somewhat dismissive of what was going on like ah oh, Christ like get this over with but it was just the scene to get the, itself I just did, don't mm -hmm. think worked very well and it was I don't know Tim how do you feel about Kyle Richards being in this movie obviously I think she did a fine job. Oh, I mean, I fucking but, love her. I, I, I don't think so that there's weird. anything about her that would have, would require comment any way, positive <laughs> or negative. Like, Nothing she could have been anybody. The nose ring was okay. Her what? The nose ring that was okay. I mean, that is such a Nick thing to <laughs> be choice. upset about. Really odd choice. I was like, why is she a nose ring? She doesn't have a nose ring in real life. Anyway, go ahead. No, I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed her a lot, but I also don't think that they like with the exception of the way they weirdly edited the reveal of these characters. Like, I don't think they like treated her special because she's a housewife or anything. 
I, I, just, I do like that she survives. I like yeah. that there was inconsistency in the survivors of whether they lived or died. I liked that because it kind of like did give this movie some level of stakes where it's not just like, oh, well, they're definitely going to die. It's like there is that question of like, I like that they set the stage for the inevitable sequel that we know is happening next year. Cool. There's still some fodder left. How do you feel about her choice of weaponry when awesome push to shove? Okay. Good. <laughs> oh, look, some bricks. Oh, look, a pillowcase. I wouldn't have thought of it. She's yeah, like, she's like the MacGyver. Um, I will say I was a bit disappointed, though, that they that the like in the crew of people that were going to look for Michael. It was a very it was the playing field was very even. I kind of think that Tommy and Kyle Richards character, who's I forget what her name was in this. Because they were the original kids, I almost wanted them to be a little bit pulled out from the rest of the cast. Like, no disrespect to Nurse Chambers uh, and the two other the two other uh, neighborhood guy, people, but I'm like, they they weren't there. Like, they weren't a part of the original massacre, per se. But anyway, glad she. I'm, I'm to Tim's point. I'm glad she survived as well. Let's cut forward to what I think is an outstanding scene here: uh, the the firefighters going in and trying to save Michael while. He's trying to kill them. And there's that one moment where he's like, give me your hand, give me your hand, thinking he's saving his friend. There's nothing more terrifying to me than, oh. like, than like people who are doing the right thing being mm-hmm. led to, the, to yeah. the slaughter. And mm-hmm. that, and I think the scene, they did a good job of doing that, specifically with the hand thing. Um, and just like, hey, there's another fucking roll door down in the basement that Michael hid behind. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, I'm going to hide the closet. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it, 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 it pisses me. We talked about this in, in the initial review. I was like, listen. This is the worst plan to get rid of Michael Myers ever. Yeah. And it's even worse now revealing that they had a fireproof roll door down there in the basement where they intended to burn him to death. Yeah, just yeah. not not a solid plan. And but if you're going to do it, it, just wait there. But like, don't it, burn. It's my house. Don't burn. It paid it off with an incredible moment of him coming out of the house half burnt on fire, killing those two firefighters and then just eviscerate. We were in the theater together, and all I could hear in my head was Tim going, "Let's go!" Yeah, it, it, like, it, it was such a satisfying, like you know, sometimes movies. It's just, like, just I just want to see the guy from the movie do the thing do that the I thing. want him to do, and exactly, and it was, and him with surrounded by fire and, and the close up of every different tool the firefighters had yeah. before he obliterated. Yeah. I will oh, say, yeah. unfortunately for me, like that one of my like weaker things about this movie is that this was the only real let's go moment. Like the only other one I had was when it gets to the end and we see Michael yeah. in the street yeah. and everybody starts coming around it. And Nick and I were kind of hitting each other like he's about to fuck up all yeah. of their worlds. And this is incredible. And then the way they kind of do it, I don't think was like my yeah. favorite. But like it sucks because comparing it to 2018, it had like four or five moments that are genuinely like perfect michael myers mm-hmm. like him opening the trunk and putting the mask on and like the music hitting like there's no moment in this movie where the music hits i love the music in this movie but there's no moment where the music made the scene for me and like made everything come together emotionally with that that hype feeling of like fucking let's go i will say it doesn't though, I, I, I was gonna, i love the moment of of allison grabbing the shotgun Everyone's oh like, I'm going to grab a gun. And she's just like, nah, here we go. Nah, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. let's go. That, was, that was almost comedic to me, though, because Lonnie's there, like, passing out handguns, and you don't see the shotgun, and the camera just, like, kind of just pans yeah. over. She's like, I'll take this one. It's, like, yeah. five times bigger than what everyone else does. I just wanted to grab, like, the minigun from Predator. I'm like, yeah, let's just, go. Just pulls it up. <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Um, I, will, I do want to give a shout-out to the costumers in this movie because I think it's – actually a pretty cool accomplishment to evolve that mask as the story goes oh, yeah. along yeah. and he gets 
way scarier and way more like ghoulish looking by the end of it. Like half of it's melted away. The hair's like slicked back. It's it's just caked on with soot at this point. And then I don't know how they do it. I think it's just lighting, but the eyes just being complete dark pockets mm-hmm. is works so well in the close-ups and it's and it, along with the breathing that that classic Michael Myers breathing. Super cool. Uh, uh, it, nose it, ring. It, it makes the, the juxtapose <laughs> to his plain white mask so creepy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. look at how far he's come from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, Nick, I, wanna, I want you I wanna, to know. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I, just, I don't. I don't hate the nose ring. It was just <laughs> okay. an interesting choice. I was like, <laughs> I, just, I just want you to know. I legitimately have looked at Kyle Richards' face for hundreds of hours, and I didn't notice she was wearing a nose ring last night. I wouldn't notice if she has <laughs> no, one I normally. Didn't I didn't know I, I, I could be. Maybe I made this up. Person, Nick. No, wait, did you notice you. she was wearing a nose ring? No, but I'm not one to notice stuff like that. It's just it popped out <laughs> to me because I was like, the nose ring hasn't been in vogue. In a in a while that I know of, but I am also not a nose ring connoisseur, so maybe James knows more about nose rings. I don't. I think you might be out of touch slightly, (laughs) but I also didn't notice a nose ring. And but I do. I have noticed that sometimes I do immediately go like, "You've got a nose ring." That's just something I do. uh, I don't have any piercings, and I think sometimes you just go like, "You've got a nose ring." I don't want to. I don't want to throw out hate for nose rings. I don't dislike nose rings. Nose rings are totally fine. It's just one of those things where like. You don't think of it, I, it just popped as like a weird standout. You know what's interesting? She broke her nose during filming of this movie, so I wonder if that had something to do with it. Maybe they're trying to distract, distract from her from broken it. nose that's or whatever, actually, yeah. which is funny. Which it's is funny because, like, like I, in Real Housewives, we had to deal with her broken nose, and that was the whole plot. We, Tim, it's we. Vi- oh, Tim, yeah, we all went through it together. Tim went through it, I went through it by uh-huh. proxy. It's um, very similar to how I don't um, they, think she has a nose ring. Maybe I'm crazy then. I I apologize if, I, if there's no nose ring in this. Chat, can you write in the comments wrong if she has a nose ring or not? Kevin, I'm putting something in assets. Let's put it in assets. Uh, Tim, it's very similar to know. in Suicide Squad when they decided to put the writing on Will Smith's uh, uh, collar to distract from how bad the movie was. There we go. There we go. Uh, Let's continue with the plot. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, Harley Quinn has so many tattoos. Exactly. Like, add another one. That job was terrible. Keep Pull more. Keep putting it up there. Eventually, we'll get so far it'll be funny. Uh, at Haddonfield Memorial, we got uh, we cut back over with Karen Allison uh, and Allison. I've submitted Lori to the emergency surgery, and man, they get graphic on this one again. Didn't think they needed necessarily to do this, but I guess they needed the audience to know that Lori is in fact out of uh, commission. Uh, we also get a, a banger return of Sheriff Barker, who just seems like he doesn't either care what's going on or have a full grasp of what's going on. Or maybe he's just like, tomorrow's my day off. And real, I'm real really also like, again, this is a, a trend that I think this movie has is like showing you something, but then also adding something that seems unnecessary that almost diminishes it. So like that this, we saw the scene with Tommy making his speech. It's like, okay, this is supposed to achieve something, but I don't know if the filmmaking is, they have a very graphic depiction of the surgery that is having to, take place just because of the stabbing and i'm like okay well it's a it's that's a horror so later movie. she can say it's just a scratch well but like but like <laughs> we know it's not but the thing is she it's like i get it people get stabbed all the times in movies and unless you see their heart stop they're not dead like right like it happens right. so you're yeah. they're showing you the intensity that all makes sense but then the doctor is like narrating the surgery and he's like she'll be fine I mean, barely yeah. nick, I mean, barely nick the surface as like He's, this is what doctors do when they do surgeries, and then whoever the nurse is like making note of 
Because he, because you know, he, but that's why I thought it was weird. Is because wouldn't you just be like, like I feel like you could have just had intense music and showing her like struggling sure. to survive as doctors are scrambling to put her organs back into place. But to have a voiceover of a doctor that's also saying we're just going to staple her up seemed seemed weird. It just seemed unnecessary. <laughs> it was you know? it was very weird. Also, you, when you when you contrast that with her immediately being pretty okay in the next scene, you're like. I don't know how I, I don't know what to feel about the intensity of this because you saw See, my, someone with their abdominal like ripped open. But like she seemed OK, but I think that there was like an adrenaline running. Oh, and yeah. like if they kept that up the whole movie, I, I'd be a little more like upset about it. But like we see her break down eventually where she's just like, I can't keep going. I'm, I'm fucked and I need help. And like well, that we get a for- scene. We get a scene where Allison's like. Like so, uh, so obviously this is play where they're like, we don't want to tell when she wakes up. We don't want to tell her that Michael's is still alive, uh, or maybe actually they don't know at this point whether he's alive or not. But the word gets back to the bar uh, over there that that uh, uh, Hawkins is in trouble or whatever, and Lonnie gets word about that. And then and then the APB goes out, the the emergency thing goes out. Hey, everyone's dying, and all of a sudden it's 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 known in the hospital, and Judy Greer freaks out. We also get a scene for her, great acting, where she's like she starts actually processing the death of her husband. Uh, oh, she like, does have a nose ring. A nose ring for sure, for sure. <laughs> There it is, hundred percent. Just good job, Nick. Saying everyone, you guys want to so say, you guys want to say, you all that say, is. I don't pay attention to things, and it's true. But it's just you're going really hard, like uh, on this the nose weird. ring, and like <laughs> Joey, Joey has a nose ring. I do. I, I like Joey's nose that. ring, but Kyle do Richards you? doesn't have he a nose has ring. A nose ring. <laughs> Yeah, I, first off, I didn't even know. She's a little edgy. Of course you did. Of course you did. Joey has a nose ring. Yeah. Yes. Shout out for the baby on him. Oh, I don't know. That. I've had it since like, like he's the like, day I went to college. I mean, again, again, guys, I, I'm not throwing shade at nose rings. I don't dislike nose rings. I don't have a problem with nose rings like I do with people wearing wigs in films. It's not yeah. a big issue to yeah, me. Yeah. It just was weird on the close-up. I was like. Huh. Just want a nose ring. That's Nick, a choice. Nick needed something to talk shit about Kyle Richards to no, me about. No, I, I, I actually, <laughs> I actually thought she did a very good job in this film for not having acted in a very long time that I know of. Right? I don't she acts actually, all the time. Okay, the okay. bold and the beautiful. Acting out is different than acting. That was that was my only that's my only shit. Like, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. No, I thought she did a good job, and I actually I do like the fact that she actually was through this. But we're not quite there yet. Uh, we're going to cut back over to uh, th- this is going to be hard because we cut back and forth a lot. I'm not quite sure timing wise what's going on, so I'm just going to kind of go off of this there a little bit. Um, upon hearing all the news, uh, the, the uh, Vanessa, who I think is uh, the nurse, which by the way I, I love that comedic beat where uh, her husband is I want to say Lance, maybe no, I don't know. Uh, her husband is dressed as a doctor, and she's like, no, he's a nurse, and I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, she has that to her car, and then thinks, oh, my God, Michael's there, and then runs back in, and everyone comes out. And this is what starts the mob mentality. Tommy grabs a baseball bat. He's like, I'm going to go take care of this guy. And Tim and I look at each other. I'm like, if you're going to walk up to a car Michael Myers is in, walk from a different angle than, yeah. than head on. Because this dude's going to plow you down. This, we know he well, can kill you. I was say this begins the the idiocracy of yep. Haddonfield. Like, like, you're like, okay, so this is this the behavior we can expect? I'm definitely not on the page of trying to exact your vigilante justice against something that is clearly not Michael Myers. Right. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, because this guy's like, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the car disappears, or uh, ends up getting away, uh, and then bang into a pole, and uh, we, I think we see who it, I think we see it's the, the guy from the prison yeah. at this point. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I, that's, that's, fa-. it's actually, that's where I got kind of really interested in that, in that particular plot line, where I was like, oh, shit, they're going to hunt this guy down. And that's kind of sad. You feel bad for the guy, because 
he's not Michael Myers. He's not. A, we know. Well, we, don't we don't know what know. he did. We, we don't, don't know, know what he did, did to get in the same place. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Maybe Maybe he's that's true. Maybe he's, he's a penguin. He stole someone's Pokemon cards. You know what I mean? We don't know. <laughs> never forget. Uh, never forget, Tim. Never forget. The guy's always back here. Right back here. Never over here. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about right now, except for me and Tim and the one the, those people that listen to that one particular podcast where Tim talks about that kid that stole Pokemon cards. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Tommy arranges for This is where Tommy starts putting together the mob. He just goes around and he starts giving the world's worst speeches to people. And it's like, I get it. It's a small town. Everyone knows Tommy, so you got a shorthand here. Like, if I was like, Joey, we got to go kill someone, Joey would be like, enough said, Nick. I trust you with my life, and I understand that if we have to go kill someone with this old baseball bat, I'm fucking ride or die for you right now. Let's go get Kevin. And I will like, no, Kevin's at Kevin is on a date with Paula. They're getting fondue. We can't touch him right now. I, I think I think something that's I weird about this would come on. <laughs> I, something that's weird about this too. Again, in theory, should work, but I think a lot of the pe- they have people. They have victims from 2018 that I feel like they had the mother of Oscar show up and do nothing. Right? She's like, "Where's my little boy?" And later on, she sees she sees her little boy. Mm-hmm. If that had happened earlier, and she's like, "He killed my son." Those are like the, I feel like the kinds of things that you need in support of Tommy's yes, ranting. Absolutely. Instead, we have the guy in the cat body suit. <laughs> like is there he's the whole favorite. time and has a gun and well, he's like yeah and I'm like too. have you really been touched by the shadow of my no. fires? No, this guy's just trying to kill someone for drunk really... guys. We need to remember a lot of these people are drunk. Okay. My favorite yeah. is when he pulls over to like the, the, the stop and go, the AM PM, and he talks to the two dudes that look like they helped Edward Furlong out in Terminator 2, where he's like, get this fucking guy, like the boat out. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, oh, we know. Random. And then he's just, we come in on the tail end of time, we're like, what I tell you guys, right? Gotta protect our town, right? Yeah, go Here's kill this thing. guy. And they're like, yeah. yeah, fuck, let's kill this guy. At first I was like, oh, I really like this this turn of events because it's, kind of, it's in reaction to what we just saw happen mm-hmm. in the first movie. And the idea, at first I thought he was like, he can't kill us if there's so many of us. We get this we get this group together cool concept, and right? he, he can't kill 20 of us. But then it's like go three of you go that way. Yeah. Two of you right. go that Hold way. Hold on, four wait. Of you go that, and Here, I'm like take a bat and a small knife. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like I'm like, "Oh, this is nothing. There's no strength in numbers because you're just you're you're assembling but then you're sending everyone out to go get murdered." And then most of them just go to the hospital yeah. and just yes. crowd the lobby. And so I was yes. like, oh, that, that's where it failed for me." So, um, which was almost used as a litmus test of like Tommy shows up, like, hey, I need you guys to help me kill a guy. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. It's like, okay, red flag. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just kill a guy. It's to kill Michael Myers, who is yeah. confirmed now to be back and killing firemen. Like, yeah. it is. It's a, and, and, and at Lori's house, like anybody in the town, especially of this group we've seen, yeah. know that story. And it's like, fuck, the boogeyman is back. It's confirmed. Uh, we cut back over to some of Lori Strode's neighbors. Who, you know, I don't know if they think highly of their neighbor or not, because uh, they're like her house is on fire right now, and the husband seems to be like, gosh, she's been a little bit of a nuisance. But his wife's like, you leave her alone, right? She's a badass. Uh, these two actors have been in a bunch of stuff that I can't, I can't pull what one of them was in, the, specifically the the husband, but he's been in so many sitcoms throughout the years. Anyway, man, they die a horrible death. Doesn't she say, like, don't let Lori hear you say that you kick your ass? Yeah, something yeah. like that. She has a great banger <laughs> line when she comes to to, to Lori's uh, defense this- here. This sequence I actually really liked, and it reminded me a lot Scary. of what we were talking about in 2018, where the movie introduces characters, and they only have 
like a page and a half to endear you to them mm-hmm. because they're going to be brutally murdered, yeah. right? It's the same with the babysitter and Julian in the first one. And it's like I, the father son in the car. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I, I I thought this I thought some of the other ones in this didn't work, but I thought that this one did work because like I was like, uh, like there is a point where you're like, oh, but I like them so much that they can't die. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. they die. They're an elderly yeah. couple oh, that hang out at home playing with a drone. They, they're so <laughs> great. They're so great. And they die. Boy, how do, do they die? And Michael Myers really enjoys dying them. Yes. <laughs> like specific. I think I, I, I think the most gruesome kill of the whole movie is, is uh, how he kills the wife in this where he stabs, he breaks off one of those uh, fluorescent bulbs and then yeah. stabs her through the neck with it. I was shouting ECW. 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 Knowing that actually works though, right? Like the fluorescent it's... bulb would give, it would give. No, it does. There's a dude, yeah. Nick Gage. I'm going to show myself. Nick Gage, who is a, like an extreme wrestler or whatever, almost died by bleeding out because he fell onto a fluorescent tube that had broken almost that exact same way. Jesus Christ. Stabbed That's into like his, his arm or whatever, and they started oh, bleeding out. Thank you for sharing oh, it on. Oh, you thank got you it. for that. I will immediately wipe that out of my brain. Mm-hmm. New fear uh, in this Let's see. This is where Cameron comes back. Uh, he things uh, up with Allison, uh, and they all decide to join uh, Lonnie for the hunt of Michael, and they all get all weaponed up. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a good first step. Allison, of course, agrees. Yeah, despite her mother saying, hey, this is not our fight. We can't kill this guy. We tried to already. It didn't work, which, by the way, uh, is a very valid uh, criticism yeah. of her plan in this. That's hey, right. we tried. We trapped this guy that's in a basement. Right. We did everything we could. We had a plan, and it didn't work. You guys are going away, um, you know, no pun intended, half-cocked in this, and uh, it's not going to work out well. Spoilers, it does not. But uh, Allison decides to take matters in her own hands and avenge the death of her father, and so she grabs a shoddy Bugatti and heads off with Lonnie <laughs> and Cameron. Ooh. Lonnie, dad of the year in this one, right? Hey, let's put my oh, son Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, wish, I, I wish I had a stopwatch to time Lonnie's attempt We'll get to it later on, but Milani's like, I'll <laughs> handle this, kids. And then I wish there was a stopwatch to see how long he lasted in that house. Tim, I was honestly disappointed to it, took, it, took, it took Cameron that long. Uh, yeah, it's premature ejaculation. It's only premature if you... Uh, I'm not going to say the rest of it. It's premature ejaculation. Squirt, squirt. I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and oh gentlemen, welcome God. to the premature ejaculation <laughs> podcast here. Uh, we didn't have any for Halloween Kills 2018, Mm-mm. but where do we want to put Lonnie... Going up there, just blowing his load really quickly and getting killed within 20 <laughs> seconds of walking into the Michael Myers. I mean, I, you know, I think that uh, so far, at least we haven't been ranking the ejaculations <laughs> themselves, but uh, <laughs> we do. We are just counting them. We're currently at two. I say we put it on the board. I say at the very least, it gets an honorable mention. So I'm going to okay. put uh, it two and then in parentheses, honorable mention, <laughs> Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Perfect. Okay, cool. Well, there we go. What was it? What was Bob from the other one too, right? Bob from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob, his own and, nuts. Then, and then what, Michael Myers' sister's boyfriend. Right. Myers. Yeah. Right. Cool. Oh, okay, perfect. Oh, good. Now that's done. Judith, good. Judith's boyfriend. <laughs> there it is. Uh, back to the plot, everyone. Uh, if you're still with us after that amazing song. Uh, they go all vigilante. Uh, we catch back up with Lindsay, Marion, Vanessa, and Marcus, who are in the car. They're immediately attacked by Michael. And, man, they do not oh. fare well in this situation. This, uh, is, this is real bad, guys. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, this is an L. I did, like the, I, did like, I did like the hand callback, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tamara, like, things. he's going to smash the window. I was hoping he was oh. still going to have a wrench. <laughs> it was weird that he, like, he's like, I recognize you. 
I'm going to climb up on a car the way I haven't in 40 years. <laughs> it, goes, it goes back to a point from Fucking like Michael Larson right. in the very first movie. He loves that. He's like, oh my God, it's her. I yeah, got to do her. it. Like, I got to do the thing. Halloween <laughs> time smash is going to love this. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I do love the theatricality of Michael Myers. In these, theatricality right? and deception, man. Exactly. Uh, I think my we, favorite one was like him getting her to shoot herself. Oh, my God. Oh, that was awesome. Awesome. Uh, we did skip a part here because these are the two or the three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them has already been killed. But these are the three kids that oh, yeah. trolled. Big John and Little John, which means mm-hmm. that I did unfortunately skip over what I would refer to as the best most entertaining part of this movie, and it could have been a movie all by itself. Uh, Big John and Little John smoking weed during Halloween oh, over yeah. in the Myers house. Dancing Shout in out. the robes, you know, as you do on Halloween. <laughs> I mean, Joey, you're in the Myers house. You're in the spirit. He puts on that fun song where he's like, I thought we were going to watch a movie. He's like, no, I want to listen to this spooky music and smoke weed in my underwear. And I'm like, this sounds like a fucking awesome Halloween. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? <laughs> Shout out these, guys, these yuppies, you know, no, no dual income, no kids. They're loving their life mm-hmm. in the right, Myers house. Right. Yeah. You can smoke weed all night, eat candy. You know, kids going to wake you up in the morning. It's fantastic. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Michael McDonald here. Not the singer Michael McDonald, of course, but Michael McDonald, the comedian from, I believe, Matt 2016's TV. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> and he was also, also, of course, Tim in. The Heat, starring Sandy Bullock. And, uh, oh, and, gets. and right also there. in... Austin Powers, which oh, right. returns, is homaged in this movie later on. There we oh go. Oh, my God. That's right. Uh, anyway, they I was, were great. I think, I think Big house. John is the most gruesome death. Oh, the, the one with see, the, where he gets in the armpit? You see the eyes pop the out. Eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I've seen eyes pop out in, movie, in, in like other horror movies. This one is like the worst one. Yeah, it's pop. Yeah. I don't oh, know how like, this one would still. Yeah, and, like, like, you see his head like starting to squish, and then the eyes roll out. There's oh, one oh, moment of okay. where they cut that. to his face, though, and you hear him doing it, it reminds me a lot of James might be the one. Actually, Chris will get this too. The, the Arnold Schwarzenegger's face in Total Recall when he gets sucked <laughs> out, and, but it's so obviously a, a, a fake, <laughs> yeah. like a fake gummy. So they cut to it, and, he, and you heard Big, Little John or Big John screaming, but his mouth wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. He was like, it smells like it was stuck there, but either way, it doesn't matter because it was fucking oozing eyeball mm-hmm. goo. Which was well, tremendously fun- great. It's funny you brought up Schwarzenegger when when, when they're in the in the flashback when you see all the cops. It almost to me like sounded like there was a Schwarzenegger cop. <laughs> like it's like, just it's a weird it's like, guy who's like, let's get him, but like, it's not like yeah. let's get him. And I'm like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. is that Arnold? I mean, Chris, everyone sounded like Arnold. In <laughs> is he gonna do a fucking cameo with this? So just Arnold is a cop from oh, that would be yeah. <laughs> Your clothes, give them to me. Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, like, oh, that's how Michael got captured. It was the tournament. I'm like, okay, the I can buy that. Hattonfield, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do in, in the newest one? It was like, yes, I do rugs. <laughs> what the hell was it? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, they get killed very gruesomely. Of course, Kyle Richards uh, ends up escaping uh, just by the hair on her chin, 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 or by the gold on her uh, nose ring, ring, ring. Uh, <laughs> We cut back, <laughs> cut back over to the hospital where Hawkins and Laura have a little, little moment. Uh, Laura, and, and this is where I think it's discovered that she's like, I have to kill him. And Hawkins like, no, I have to kill him. And she's like, no, he came after me. He goes, no, he didn't come after you. The freaking doctor took me to your house. He had no, I don't even think Michael knows who you are. And Laurie's like, what? He doesn't know who I am. That's a bummer, right? Kind of a big realization here. Again, playing with those themes of like, did we manifest these fears? What's going on? Cool stuff here. Uh, they have a little smoochy, smoochy point where he's like, remember that time we made out? And and I'm like, in my headcanon, it was a few years after Michael was there because Laurie, probably 16 years old in the mm-hmm. original one. Hawkins, a deputy, at least 18 years old. 
put him. We'll, we'll move him over to the twenties. We, we we alluded to the fact that Lori had a couple husbands before this, so she had a little bit of an active social life after this whole thing. Well, they say. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just say, Nick. It's in the Wikipedia here. It says Hawkins is implied to be Karen's father. I did not get. That. I didn't. They had that. a moment where they did say something like that. Yeah. No, really. I, I was going to make a joke about it. I didn't think it was a real it's, I think someone was being liberal with the Wikipedia. I don't remember uh, like that being, because I remember her saying, oh, we never truly became a thing because you still had something for Ben. And like, the person Who was the person that her friend Tanner. was going to embarrass her with or yeah. whatever, right, in the first movie. And I was right. like, oh, it's a reference. So, I mean, I, they would have had to have been real young, I guess. Because he even it, fixes, he's, he's like, like, we kiss and like we held hands, and I wish that we could have gone more. Yeah. It makes it seem like it stopped there, it was a fling, and then she moved on. Premature ejaculation, does this count? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Kiss the hand holds. Kiss tail <laughs> hands, <laughs> still got pregnant. I'm sorry. We'll put, put it on the board. board. Number three, Hawkins. <laughs> we'll put it, Hawkins. Back in the day. Outwards in the 70s. Back in the day. Perfect. Lonnie's number two. But wait, we put do we put Lonnie number one? I We're not ranking. We're not ranking. No. Well, I have to rank them. <laughs> Judith's boyfriend number one. No, Judith's Judith boyfriend number one. one. It was like five yeah. seconds. Yeah, because he was able to go upstairs and downstairs and just like yeah, he was out of there. And then we'll put Bob. We'll put Hawkins at number. No, we'll put Lonnie number two. Then Bob at number three. Then Hawkins back in the day at number four. I know we're not ranking them, but in my list, Tim, that's how I, I mm-hmm. ranked him. Uh, at this point, Tommy starts getting other people together, and the, there's a big old mob here. We do see Oscar with, his, with his, the piercing in his lip just totally screwed up, and his mom's like, oh, my God, my son. Yeah. And he's like, well, your son ate a lot of guacamole. Uh, and then <laughs> Tommy, at this point, uh, I think at this point, this is where Lance Tavoli is the name of the character. The other escaped prisoner kind of stumbles in, like, oh my God, that's Michael. And then they start uh, uh, forming a mob around them. And then Karen finally realizes, oh God, that's not Michael. Like, her and and Lori are like, that's not Michael. And Karen's like, oh, I'll save you. Uh, Of course, she gets, she puts him up into like the little uh, passage way between the hospital wings, locks him in there. I maybe have, would have locked myself in there too. Not not him. And she's, oh, good. Sorry, you you go ahead. No, no, no. No, I was just gonna say she's like I'm not gonna let them get to you, but then yeah. she just kind of stands there and lets them get to him. Mm. Right? It wasn't like she doesn't like she, put herself in front of the door. Or she like didn't anything. say he's not six foot six. <laughs> like yes. nothing about this meets the description. He's clearly yes. crazed and scared. Like you know, like yeah. uh, it's completely no. ridiculous. But oh. the scene had to happen because, of course, the the. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Elise. Sorry, I, w- I what I thought was gonna happen was he's gonna be locked into that little hallway, and. The, you know, the mob's coming at him from one side and I thought the door behind him was going to open and Michael was going to come in mm, yeah. and murder him. But then but then she would have locked him in there and they couldn't right, get in. Right. And I was like, I was like kind of disappointed when that didn't happen. Yeah. I thought it'd be a cool moment. But yeah. guys, we, we didn't do this scene right. All of us should have been chanting evil dies tonight. While yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Dies tonight. Yeah. This has been like 20 yeah. times. Yeah. Also, there's several points in this where a mob of people at the hospital like run riding. And the first time it happens, if I recall, Lori, she's like, I gotta go. And then she gets knocked down, and they're like, You gotta get back in bed because you're right. gonna pull your stitches or whatever. The person who knocks her over is a doctor, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> who was shouting, Evil dies tonight, and crashed into her. Right. Well, actually, I have a question about that. I couldn't tell. I, almost to me, it looked like Lori knees him in the gut yes. to like put him down because he falls too. And then yeah. she's like, Oh shit, I ripped my stitches. But, but then, but then he kind of gets up and goes. I'm like, So yeah. 
I couldn't tell if she's like, like I'm just trying to check dudes. But it's, <laughs> it's just funny because he was a doctor, but he's like got caught up in this. And then well, another later, doctor runs Karen over. Yeah. And then I was going to say when they're going up the stairs, Karen's going up the stairs, pleading with people to stop. And then another doctor in his full scrubs or whatever, just basically elbow well, checks her to the ground. Been people in Dr. Halloween costumes. We don't know. True. Very true. Good point. They were like this. Just the nurses. They were like, that surgery went really well, right, Tim? Yeah, we, we fucking YouTube that. It was awesome. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Nick just rolls in. It's like, I played Surgeon Simulator. I know how this works. I'm a cop doc. Like, take, like, take his leg off. Take his leg off. Put his head back on his leg. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Lance ends up jumping out the window uh, because he's terrified of this angry mob that's going to kill him. And he's, uh, you know, he's just looking for help and then smashes his head like a pumpkin on the sidewalk. I love... And slash hate this. I it's so gory and horrifying, but it does remind me of a pumpkin that get, like that when Tommy got pushed over and the pumpkin smashed underneath him, it had the same feel and sound to it. I was like, oh god! Of course, Tommy sees that, realizes he's screwed up, and tells Karen like, "Yo, I'm gonna go fix this." And Karen's like, "You're probably not." But this reminds me, we didn't talk about it in the beginning, but the title sequence of seeing the pumpkin. I, I wanted to bring uh, yeah. the, the many pumpkins and it, the final pumpkin of it being on fire. I was like, this is so rad! Like yeah. they fucking. They nailed the assignment here. I wish jack lanterns were like this. Like, just go full Sleepy Hollow. jack lanterns are just on fire. Like, yes. not a little one inside. Yeah. I want the whole we, thing on fire. Let's go. We did theorize what the last one will be for Halloween ends. We have we a did. theory that it's gonna they're going to set off an explosive and shoot it in super slow motion. So it's essentially going to be either forward or in reverse all the pieces of an explosion coming back to form a pumpkin or a pumpkin that is slowly expanding into evisceration. I love it. We're calling it here. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Uh, of course, here, Karen, I think at this point, or Lonnie at this point has realized, like, hey, I think uh, all Michael really wanted to do was go home. So they go back out of the house. Of course, this is where we get the scene with Big John and Little John. Well, I'll be honest with you guys again. I, uh, I love these two. Yeah. There's a moment where he goes, Big John, someone's in my house. And Big John thinks about leaving for a second and goes, fuck that. Takes off his silk robe and picks up the world's smallest paring knife. And he's like, I got this fucking knife. <laughs> he puts down the golf club. One ring. One yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Second, Second ring. ring. Necklace. Necklace. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, liked, <laughs> I nice. did like that. Big John got the little knife and little John got the big knife. The big knife. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, for anyone fun. who's just listening and hasn't seen the film yet, Big John is small and little John is big. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and they are two phenomenal characters. Uh, uh, they get just brutal. I love that Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big John. Big John. Yeah. yeah. Except okay. that they, they heard something upstairs, and I don't understand why only Big John went. Like Little John was in the dining room or whatever. And it's like you guys just heard something upstairs. I feel like he would go upstairs. It's one of those things too. Like Elise was saying, it's like you you can't necessarily subvert the tropes if you're going to fall victim to them constantly. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so cool. It's a town full of people that are going to hunt Michael Myers becomes less cool when it just becomes two or three people off on their own in a dark park in the middle of nowhere getting victimized by Michael. You've just now become more generic of a horror movie, you know? So I love them, but it does suck that it ended in such a trope way. And then, of course, Big John gets brutally murdered. And then Lil John does the thing that a lot of people do in this movie where they see someone's hurt and then they fall to they throw their weapon right. away and they fall to them to check on someone that's clearly dead. Bad idea. Well, Michael Myers doesn't even have to sneak up. Like he's just standing there 
And then they do the Austin Powers thing <laughs> where he's at the other side of the room and then Michael Myers starts walking towards him and you just see oh, Michael. And he just goes <gasps> like like all that's missing is the slow Zamboni of a yeah. like a thing coming at him. Like that's so, so true. Like run trying to get him. Yeah. Um, over in the park, I think Tommy and Karen find uh, Kyle Richards, uh, and she's like, "I survived." And they're like, "Okay, cool." Uh, they, I think they bring her back to the hospital. Well, so everyone gets okay, back to the hospital cool. eventually. Uh, and then we get the showdown uh, at uh, at the Myers house where Allison, uh, Cameron, and Lonnie arrive. And Lonnie's Show like, down. Uh, Lonnie's <laughs> like, you know, what, guys, I just realized this is a terrible situation to put two teenagers in. You guys are going to stay in the car. No, Lonnie, Duh. drive us back somewhere safe. Like, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> You're clearly drunk. You're drinking something out of a coffee mug that could be coffee or could be more bourbon. We don't know. I will say, I really like this actor. I think Lonnie, I think the actor that mm-hmm. plays Lonnie did a great job being in the scene. Uh, and I think he has some of the most compelling moments, specifically because you get that he's got more than just the demon of Michael Myers haunting him. Um, he also might be flashbacking to some LSD trips he took with Ray back in the day. We don't know. <laughs> We get a great scene there where she does talk about Ray, though. She's like, your dad and I used to fucking party real hard. And Allison has a great cry about it. Uh, she's a great actor also. Uh, anyway, he ends up going Her dad in. died hours ago. Yeah. Three hours ago. <laughs> hours ago. And she's got a shotgun oh. in her hand going to, to... He's in Ozark, right? He, he's in Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah, he's in all... Yeah. Guys, oh, he's, he's in Down he's, Periscope. We already oh, figured this out. He's, oh, the, guy, he's the guy with the dog. He's the guy with the dog, yeah. He he's, also in, he's also in Hill House as well. Yeah. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah, uh, anyway, he goes in and just we don't even we they, we don't. Even I do wish him the, like, the kids are going to stay in the car. He gets up and then the kids immediately get. I wish they immediately yeah. got out with him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll do that for three seconds and we're coming in. Yeah, but he's like, uh, if you see something strange, honk the horn. I'm, yeah, what's like, that going to do there. for his big dad? He goes in. Yeah, he goes inside. You hear. Ah! <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, he we hear one gunshot and Allison and Cameron are like we got to go in there. Uh, they run in, uh, Cameron, uh, Allison kind of finds the couple while Cameron decides to go, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to search the rest of the house. You got this right. Goes over, searches one room, comes back over, sees blood dripping from the ceiling, looks up and sees his father dead, stuck in one of those, uh, the attic stairs that Clark Griswold got stuck up, uh, in, in <laughs> Christmas vacation. Uh, and then Michael Myers comes out of nowhere and just destroys him. And he barely gets a couple shots off at the guy. He comes out of the closet. Oh, right. It does come out of the yeah. closet. There's a closet at the end of the hall, and he just like, right. opens the door and just starts charging. So right. that was pretty and Cameron's cool. like, oh, no, and just starts shooting blindly off into the air or whatever. It doesn't matter. I can't even get a shot off. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, the Allison with the shotgun's like, what's happening in there? It's only one room away, but I might as well be in the ocean. Uh, Cameron gets destroyed. <laughs> Allison comes at Michael with a knife for some reason. I think he disarms her, and then she comes after him with a knife, and then he throws her down the stairs, breaking her leg, and she has to watch uh, while he twists. Cameron's head she, through the banister and then twists oh, it. Well, so, she, like, she, she, pulled, times, right? she pulled the knife uh, out, out, out of, of little, little John, John. Yeah. and right. goes for Michael and stabs Michael. But the one that really pissed me off is that Cameron is stabbed and then he pulls the knife out of him with Michael standing a foot away and then just puts the knife down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start, like, yeah. start stabbing him in the leg and then yeah. give yeah. Allison a, a shot. I'm like, he just puts it down. Like, oh no. I feel like it's our responsibility to tell people if you get stabbed, leave the knife in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The odds yeah. of you bleeding out <laughs> yes. from pulling out the knife are much higher than. Yeah, it's like a cork. It's like a cork for a bottle of wine. You keep I, that knife. I feel in like you can stay good forever. Yeah, I feel like it's probably like human instinct of I have this thing in me. I need to get yeah. it out. Like you're. Right. There's just but, again, there's a lot of incompetence from the people of Haddonfield because like there's no reason Allison, she goes into the room and finds actually which it a cool moment 
and leading to you know the theatrics of Michael Myers the photo finds, them. finds a photo of Little John and Big John together happily alive at a park sitting together and Michael clearly saw it and set their corpses up to be in the same pose. And it's like actually, it. I really, it's really cool. And she's like weirded out by that. But then for some reason, she sees a knife in Little John and she pulls it out. And I'm like, she sets her shotgun down and yeah. she says, hmm, what is this? And I'm like, it's a knife. Like, yeah, that's there's no, there was no reason for that to happen unless they wanted her to stab him later. And it was like, it just didn't make any sense. And then, of course, she puts it like in her pants pocket and then she takes the shotgun and like she's I don't know. It, the, well, the geometry of the room did didn't the make shot- sense. I can't. Yeah, she she uses the shotgun downstairs because they check a closet first because they see there's a light in there. She blasts it in there. That's right. She does we could make the we can make the, the head cannon that that's the only shot in the shotgun. Ooh. So when she goes upstairs, she's like, this is empty. And then when I think when she hears Cameron scream, that's when she grabs the knife. But she still tries to shoot Michael Myers. When Cameron getting his ass beat, she still takes the gun and tries to shoot him. And then Michael Myers grabs it away because you can only shoot someone from point blank range in this world. So like, <laughs> it's just, it was just like a weird, again, clunky yeah. way of getting to the end result of them having failed miserably in their task of getting Michael. I was surprised they killed Cameron. I didn't see that coming, like, especially with Thank how God. he was in the last movie. I, yeah, good riddance, but, like, I didn't expect it. And I, I want to give credit to these movies when they genuinely surprised me with something. I thought that based on how he was in the last movie where he had a real quick heel turn that was bizarre as shit, and then him returning in this one, I was like, oh, they, there has to be some type of redemption between uh, him and her. Nope, not at all. He's just fucking dead. Bye-bye, head. Chris Anka. I do want to give Cameron one, like, like not Cameron a shout out, but I, the story is shout out over the fact that when Allison sees him and, you know, he did make out with a tiger lady four hours ago, but her dad just died two hours ago. And it's like, right. this is my well, boyfriend cheating. adds up, up to two, uh, up to two hours ago. This was my boyfriend. And she's like, I'll deal with the cheating thing tomorrow. Right. And so yeah. I like that. She's kind of like, we're good for right now. And they just sort of like roll back into it. Cause it's like, I'm going through a lot of things. Let's not deal with the fact. There's a hierarchy of issues that we have to deal with. You're making out with Tiger Lady is like, that's tomorrow. (laughs) A little lower now than it was two hours ago before all of our friends got horribly massacred. One of the the weird thing about the Cameron stuff is that they make such a point of showing him just drooling, but like with like drooling instead of blood coming out of his mouth that they're like, (laughs) that was one of the things that I noticed. I'm like, well, he's clearly not dead. And that felt like a little bit weird until after when he he actually does snap his neck i think he had snapped his spine so i think he was like he had some level of like paralysis which was why he like couldn't move and then he just decided to finish him off and snap they they did i think that was part of the fun stuff of the kills in this though too because like even that old couple like the woman gets stabbed in the throat Mm -hmm. bleeds into it gets it pulled out and then they still make a point of saying that she is still kind of waiting to die as she has to witness this stuff Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes I think they realize that sometimes the horror isn't an, an instant death. Like it's, mm. it's, yeah, it's the same as 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 the the podcast dude in the hospital or in the in the bathroom, oh, yeah. getting watching. smashed and like still She's kind of watching. Too. Like sometimes I feel like that is more disturbing. And in this case, it, it oh, was for me for sure, for sure, right? Especially as uh, we we kind of glossed over the fact that Michael set her up so she could watch um, him test out knives on her husband's yep. dead corpse yep. until he found one that he liked the action on you know? there's, this the shot, there's this shot of it he like stabs him and then he looks at it yeah. and he looks yeah. back at the other knives like 
ah, no, let me yeah. try this one. Yeah, yeah. This one. <laughs> like, he's taking some time to look like, mm, oh, like he has a preference, clearly. Yeah, go, go, you, 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 okay, you. To, the, to the Cameron death, like, I think, like, Allison had just stabbed him, so I could definitely see it of, like, no, no, no I'm gonna drag this shit out. Mm-hmm. Like, normally I kill them with, I just stab him in the neck or something. I'm gonna, ja- I'm gonna drag Cameron's death out, and you gotta, you gotta watch. So he's like, yeah. he's doing it kind of inefficiently if he's, like, banging Cameron against the, the pole of the um, barristers. And it's just like, just kind of like, he does it like eight times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, he's still not dead. It's like, you're not, like, I haven't punished you enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of like that it's kind of an inefficient killing because you just like, I want you to watch this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is where we catch up Michael coming down the stairs to kill Allison. And she's like, just do it, just do it, just do it. And you're like, wait a minute, is she talking to Michael or is she talking to Karen? And Karen's there with the pitchfork from, from the, oh the little setup outside. And Karen stabs him in the back and Michael goes down. And Karen's like, you know, it'd be better uh, than Michael having a pitchfork in his back. I'll just take this pitchfork out. That'll be fine. And then I think she like kicks him in the face and is like, there you go, Michael. That's what you get. I'm like, stab him in the head with the pitchfork. Have we Why learned not nothing? This? this is where I started getting really frustrated with this movie because I was like, you know that people need their brain, right? Like, you got to start putting some head damage on this guy or he's just going to keep man. getting up later into the later rounds, for Christ's sake. Um Anyway, he does get up, and I believe he gets away, and I forget what well, happens. No, she takes she takes his she mask. Takes the mask. Oh right! Yeah. Instead of finishing that. him, she's like, right. "What about your mask? Got your nose?" Right. And then she <laughs> runs off. And he's like, "Lady, Jesus, do you want to die?" Which, it's a gamble because he could have just turned around and killed her daughter. Which is why it makes everyone seem so stupid. Gamble. <laughs> uh, I think the point is like, I have your face. You've made such a big point of right. like, you always need your mask. I have your mask, and and, he, and she's goading him too. She's like right. yelling at him like, "You want this, right?" And so he just focuses on her. I mean, it's it's, it's to lead him to the next street over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, had they have a plan. Where the mob is waiting, right? Yeah, because so the, goes- the, the mob is over, then she does the whole gotcha scene. But it's like I think she's like she's trying to drag him out. Uh, or she could have just stabbed him in the head there and just been yeah, probably could have just finished him off there, I think. But anyways, they, she he rounds the corner and walks right into the mob. But she's left, if memory serves correctly, she's left his mask uh, in the middle of the road. We know that Michael Myers is kind of powerless without the mask, but let's give it back to him. Why not? Let's even let's even the odds here. Meanwhile, it's a quiet scene, and faintly in the back, one of the drunk guys goes, "Evil dies tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Anyone like, no, can cook. No, Fred. Not yet. (laughs) 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 Anyway, this scene goes about how you would expect, where at first they beat Michael's ass, but because, again, nobody understands that bullets can go through skulls as well, they just shoot him a bunch in the back and beat him up. They're like, like, and now for the killing blow, and they, like, stab him in, like, the softest part of the human body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll just stab him right next to his head, and he'll understand. He'll get the deal. Anyway, uh, he gets up and just... Fox, I will. I will. To Tommy. to the point of earlier, they have that moment of I think I forget who says it, but it's after the other the mental patient kills himself. Someone's like, oh, like oh, it was Laurie because there's like, like Michael's greatest trick is that we're all becoming monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you could make the argument. It's probably in the script of like they don't want to do the killing thing because like that makes us him. 
Fair. So they're all Fair. trying to hold back, but they did it's like put death like, by a thousand cuts kind of a thing. They did put like ten rounds in his back, which like yeah. it doesn't matter. He would still bleed the fuck out. Yeah. Bodysuit Catman did not hold back. <laughs> no, Bodysuit Catman. <laughs> Do we think that Bodysuit Catman had any idea what they were doing, or was he just like, I have no, been no, rolling the ride. For three days straight? Let's He's like tw- a twenty-two-year-old dude. Like he looked like he was he went to Haddonfield University or whatever. And yeah. Was drunk and just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Michael kills all of them last. He kills Sheriff Brackett and then turns the baseball bat onto Tommy, just just blowing his head away with that damn with the old Huckleberry. <sighs> then uh, we go back to the Michael Myers house to find Allison safe as the police and the pandemics have arrived. Uh, Karen is like, "Oh man, that all went well." And then she looks up an old Judas window and is like, "I wonder what the view's like from up there." And she well, goes, she sees, up little, there. "She sees little Michael." Up in the window. Oh, that's right. She does see yeah, little, little Michael. There, there's been an ongoing thing about how Michael was staring at that window and knows what he was staring at. And right. then and I forget boring old Haddonfield where nothing ever I think Hawkins was like, you know, because because the other guy was looking at that window as well. The connection was he's staring at his own reflection. He's not right. looking yeah. out the window. He's looking at himself. And looking then himself. and then Karen sees little Michael up in the in the window. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she goes up there to see what that what what that feels like, or presumably to see if she can figure out what his perspective is. And as she does so, Michael just runs right out and stabs her to death. And then elsewhere, Lori stares out of her hospital room while Michael stares out of his window. And that is the end of Halloween Kills. With that uh, bit there, I, I do like the idea that the movies have kind of now dealt with twice with uh, the doctor in the last movie and now with Karen, where it's like this idea of the the fucked up interest in putting yourself in his shoes and like that, like asking why is he doing this? Like what what does it feel like to do this and all this? And I, I think that like that's something I'm hoping we see dealt with more in mm-hmm. in ends that uh, I agree. we're getting to. Yeah, uh, Elise Willems, it's time. Seven syllables in the middle. Yep. Got five for the first and last line. Oh, if you're not poetic, don't need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haikus yes. In review. Haikus <laughs> Nailed it. You nailed it. Nice job. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of us. Brings me so much joy. So happy. Channeling Michael. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your reviews in haiku form. Dunhill 1986 writes a three-part serious haiku here one for each of the movies in the trilogy so far so 78 horrors beginning the shape has taken its form escape in the night 18 trust is key to life trauma becomes a dark cage but here it's a trap and 21 a mob fights tonight the boogeyman has come back but what does it take and then he has one follow-up there like twisted sister we're not gonna take it yeah Maybe we'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Maybe that's not our choice to make. <laughs> uh, Mike L. Myers in the chat. Fantastic name there. Uh, yeah. Says Myers flees the fire. Massacres and stokes more ire. Their fear he admires. More sad than scary. Lori's night just got hairy. Should learn to parry. <laughs> Death comes, masked in white, killing everyone in sight. Evil. Dies. Dies tonight. Let's go. That's great. You did great there. We got Mario Rivera coming in saying, fumbles the message, not looking forward to ends. This movie is bad. Ooh, harsh. Ooh. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. <laughs> um, and then Madeline, Mad Exposure, writes in saying, can't trap or kill him. The boogeyman strikes again. Evil. Never dies. Never dies. Nice. 
So there we go. Now That's it's nice. time for a thing called Ragu Bagu. Joey. Dun 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 dun. Ragu. Dun 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 Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk. Bad guys here for Halloween in review and therapy for you and me. It's time to be therapized. Uh we don't have a therapist in this one, so I'm going to throw out. We'll start here, and then we'll go to the Michael, uh, the Michael Myers movie. Where do we want to put the therapist that Laurie Strode just knees into the the doctor that she knees in the dick? Okay, he goes okay. down because he knocked her over and split her. her, her is he a better or worse doctor than the other therapists that we've seen in this movie so far? I, I, I wouldn't know. I would say he's not as bad as the guy who Doctor Sartan who right. tried yeah. Yeah, Sartan, guy. but he's probably a, like only a. He's probably worse than Lou. Again, it might be a costume. We don't even know if he's a doctor. True, true. <laughs> well, but I mean, he again, our therapists, real doctors. Yeah, that's true. that was a joke. Wow. They are, they are real doctors. Wow. That was a joke. Christ, that was a joke. They are real doctors. I believe in psychotherapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. That's the backlash you're afraid of. Last thing we want our therapist coming. But uh, I, I, I'm kind of with what James is saying here. Where yeah. at the end of the day, Loomis means well. This doctor, I don't know. He was getting this pretty doctor- violent. He took yeah. he he willfully took part of a mob to kill a man. Yeah, yeah. in the hospital. That, that's, yeah. I Is think that that's violating some sort of hypocratic oath. Yeah. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill thy neighbor's wife. That's a hypocratic oath right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, going along, that will put him at number two, uh, uh, right below Doctor Sartan, but right above Doctor Loomis. Rad guys talk bad guys. Right now, we got Michael Myers from Halloween 2018, and then followed by Michael Myers uh, or Michael Myers, as I wrote here from the original Halloween. Where do we want to put the Michael of this movie, Elise? You teased this earlier, so I want you to kick it off. Guys, it was off the charts in terms of the kills in this one. I loved so many of them. Him making the doctor shoot herself in the head, uh, twisting Cameron's head in the banister. We got Big John, uh, eyes gouged out. Like, I feel like all the the firefighters. They they wiped out a fire department of first first responders. I just think he was like he took on a, a mob. Like I, for, I think he's number one for me because just in terms of his his sheer brutality and unrelenting lust for murder was the strongest in this one for me. He John Wick's a mob. Yeah. John Wick's a mob. Yeah, I mean I'm inclined <laughs> to agree. I think it's just this is as crazy and 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 violent as we've ever seen a Michael Myers character. So I feel like I, he's got to go number one. I I think for me this is also the most sympathetic, despite him <laughs> having a massive body count. I'm oh, also the. the <laughs> I, I mean I'm also like this sounds I'll sucks fuck. and and they pretty much well established. He's just trying to get home. Like like yeah. I'm just trying to walk home. You know. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I, I think I would still put 18 over this just because I think that they kind of bungled the mob final shot of him mm-hmm. coming out and fighting them. And it, like it was such an easy layup for them to just knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. But they knocked the fireman part out of the park. So it's like it's pretty close to me. But I think he was a little more consistent in 2018. And I, I like that 2018 hinted at the supernatural more than this one's like, we're fucking in it, everybody. Like, here we are. And that always mm-hmm. takes it down a little bit for me. But. I'm excited that they're committing with that and that the next one's going to see where we're at. So the new Raggy Bagger as it stands, number one, Michael Myers from Halloween Kills, number two, Michael Myers from 2018, and then number three, Michael Myers from 1978. Yeah. Now it is time to rank the Halloween movies. Currently, number one, we have Halloween 2018, and number two, Halloween 1978. Does anyone want to start this off? Start the bidding? Mm-hmm. I will think this, uh, this in my opinion... Sits squarely in the middle of the two. I, 
think we should put this at number two. This is so tough because if I was going to put on, if I was going to choose between Halloween Kills and the original Halloween to put on, I'm probably going to put on Halloween Kills just because I feel yeah, like definitely it, mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. I think that's fair. I think there's there's things to say that sometimes things can be worse, but still enjoyable. And I would rather rank things based off its enjoyability. And I think that I, as much as I admire Halloween 1978, if I had the option tonight to watch one of them, I would probably pick Halloween Kills to watch, you know? But mm-hmm. so that's how I would value it. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same camp of there's just not a lot that happens in 1978 where there is a lot of things that happen here. Too much. (laughs) And like, it doesn't hit the mark on a lot of things, but there is enough entertainment and uh, investment that I think in my current state, I would rather be entertained, yeah, than just be an observer. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm in line with that, too. And I think at the end of the day, for me, like I was saying earlier, like I'm a fan of serialized episodic movie making that is coming more normalized. I don't want it for everything. But I think when it comes to horror movies, like I don't want to get out too. that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. But I want to see a Halloween sequel. And what I want from that is drastically different than what I want from the original first one. And I think that this series so far has done a good job of kind of being in un unworn territory uh of trying something new and different for this franchise and i i'm hoping they continue that path so I, i'd give it number two because as classic as 78 is i i still think that it, that it being a classic is one of its greatest strengths as opposed to being entertaining uh and being something that is like watchable and worth talking about a lot in 2021 i agree yeah there we go chris final words I, yeah i agree i think it has it's got Lower lows, but higher highs. And I think it nails those highs more than it it doesn't. Whereas 78 is just a solid kind of medium the whole way through. Unless you really like seeing babysitters in their underwear. (laughs) Did you feel like the hype, like, did it, did it serve what you wanted it to serve, Chris? Yes. Yes. And I think going in, knowing they're like, they already have a third that like, there's only so much you can do with this. Mm Mm-hmm. That won't undercut the third. And it, it, it hit exactly what I thought it was. I mean, I was actually a little surprised with the Karen death, even though I knew Karen. I was, I was hoping Karen was going to die just for plot wise. But I was even surprised by how they did it and how abruptly they did it. So it was, I, was, I was more surprised, pleasantly surprised than, than I wasn't in this. And with that, everybody, we're going to end Halloween in review the dgg universe for now we will return next year uh pretty much one year from today for halloween ends to end it all uh remember if you're a big fans of james and elise they're gonna come back for scream in review and you know what chris you're invited to hang out you started scream one with us <laughs> if you want to come back for scream Let's five, five cream you're, five you're cream. definitely welcome five to. cream five so, yeah. don't call it that so, so the trailer okay. five cream trailer we were all together there Getting getting ready to watch Halloween Kills and Five Cream Trailer kicked up. Oh yeah, it's like they knew, they knew, <laughs> they knew. Uh, James Elise, where can people find you? You can find us on Funhouse and Rooster Teeth, the new season of Last Laugh on Rooster Teeth. You yeah, gotta watch you it. watch it all now. The whole season's out. Um, and then just in general on social media, James Willems, Elise Willems. Yeah. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Chris Franca. Hell. 
yes. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.